Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriate Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me as always are my kaiju-radiated pollution allegorical cohorts, Parasite Steve. If the oxygen destroyer is used even once, the politicians of the world won't stand idly by. They'll inevitably turn it into a weapon. Bombs versus bombs. Missiles versus missiles. As a scientist, no. As a human being, adding another terrifying weapon to humanity's arsenal is something I can't allow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to allow it. Uh, Dr. Steve Azawa, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, but I'm curious about uh, Mr. Nintendo. Listen, kid, there are two things you didn't know about the Earth. One is me, and the other is Godzilla. <laughs> Man, I feel called out. I didn't know about either of those things. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, you got that well, right. You knew, about, you knew about Nintendo, didn't you? No, no. First time I've met him, right here. You, you <laughs> Honestly, oh. I, was just reading, I was just reading the guest list uh, who's in StreamYard right now. Uh, this this is all new to me, um, but also I feel like it's been a decent amount of years. Okay, yeah, I know it's weird. It's like I just got like amnesia or something. Uh, it was a wind <laughs> called amnesia, I think, that blew through. Uh, <laughs> so so we're we're not here to talk about old anime that no one remembers. We are here to talk about a very special kaiju. But with us with us in the studio today is none other than kaiju aficionado himself and master of the sultry tones aldo how's it going dude what up what up i, I hey. guess if, if i were to come up with a cool quote well, I, I wasn't even prepared but i'll say you don't need one you're cool jet you are jaga jet <laughs> jaga and now i'm Bang! That's what I'm, I'm pregnant immediately. <laughs> All he has to do is sing the Jet Jaguar theme song, and you're pregnant. Jet I mean, Jaguar, Jet Jaguar. All right, so folks, you clicked on the episode. You know what we're doing here, but I'm going to tell you anyway, like you don't know. We are here to talk about Godzilla through the ages. The Godzilla Eras Tour is what we are doing here. I 
am very excited for the upcoming movie, Godzilla Minus One. And I wanted to do an episode that talked about Godzilla, goddammit. So we are doing that. Uh, the intention is that we'll, we all have an assigned era that we're going to talk about. And we're going to go through you know, a bunch of the movies. And I'm sure you're thinking, Jesus Christ, it's going to take like four hours. And we're like, Which it probably yeah, probably. Will, but, but we're trying not to. <laughs> we always say that. And you're always going to be like, yeah, I know you always say that. But that's the problem. So whatever. You're here. You love us. Uh, but um, before we get into you know all that shit, kind of the idea was we're going to do an overview of the eras. Each one of us will kind of spotlight one movie from it that we all have you know maybe a, a particular affinity for, or we just wanted to kind of spotlight because maybe it doesn't get spotlight that often, uh, and all that good stuff. Um, so we're going to do that. But before we do that, before we get into all that that you know business shit. Let's just let's just be friends. Let's just be friends okay. for a little bit. Um, the so, meat and potatoes you know, were—they're already on the plate. They're, on they're the plate. already heated up. We'll get to. You're them. gonna eat them. You're gonna eat them. But let's uh, let's have a sip of the apple cider first. Uh, so, guys, <laughs> let's break the ice and uh, and let's just kind of see how did how did everyone right here get introduced to Godzilla. Joe has icebreakers, have icebreakers in the studio, <laughs> and if we were live in the studio together, we could all share in that. Oh no, I'm just going to uh, dig my hand through the screen. I'm I'm going to grab them right now. Oh, hell yeah. Do it. Wait, can I try that? Oh shit, it worked. <laughs> Joe, it's all you, Joe. I got you on my oh. webcam. What? <laughs> oh, but it's a minty How? smudge. Minty smudge. Minty smudge. Minty smudge. So let's let's get started. Who? Who wants to maybe kind of say what they first saw in Godzilla? What was their first introduction? Anything, anything could be toys, movies, uh, w- you know, whatever. You know, how did how did we get started? Um, I I will. I think I've told the story on the on the show before, but for me, it is. Uh, uh, you know, I've always been into monsters. I was obsessed with anything remotely similar to Godzilla. So you know, I was very fascinated by any movie I could get my hands on. And I loved the NES game for Godzilla. So that was like an early thing, but nice when I, when I was able to this one day, I got these three VHS tapes and this is like the, this is the story I probably told a million times (laughs) on the show already, but it's these, these mythic three VHS tapes that I got. And uh, they were the original Rodan, the original Mothra and Godzilla versus King Kong, or it's actually King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, and uh, I I watched those tapes a billion times and uh, was l- literally so thirsty for anything Godzilla that I could get my hands on. But there really weren't that many. Uh, there weren't any to rent at any of the video stores at that time that we had. And um, uh, I was just at the mercy of what I could f- happen upon, like at the store. Right. Right, and, like a um, Suncoast video or whatever. Exactly, or like, yeah. you know, Bradley's or Kmart or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I did eventually, my my three grew into five because I did eventually add Destroy All Monsters and Godzilla vs. Megalon um, sure to, that, to that collection. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was like the very small cross-section of just the old Showa-era um, Toho films and they weren't all Godzilla movies two of them were not and in fact Rodan and Mothra were probably the two I liked the most of that original three because I would I've never been a big fan of the movie King Kong versus Godzilla it's it's not one of my favorites but even as a kid it wasn't one of my favorites right. but 
Um, yeah, so I think that's kind Although of Although one of the best box offices for a Godzilla movie, hmm. surprisingly, because it was like the clash sense. of two titans. Yeah, it, so everybody wanted sense. to see it. Yeah, I think that was only the third uh, Godzilla movie anyway, right? But obviously we'll get to that later. For sure. Um, all right, let's hear from Aldo. What about you, man? Ooh. Okay, so it's not as epic as Steve's story, uh, but... Uh, Steve makes I, things so, pretty epic. He does. He, what, what, a, what, a, what a weaver of words he is, you know? A maestro <laughs> of, of the pen. Awesome. But, um, yeah, in, in my case, so I think, and again, I could be totally wrong, but, you know, how many of us remember our first memory, right? Like, it, it's right. hard to it's hard. really nail it down. But for as, as far as I know, the first movie I ever remember watching was a VHS copy of Godzilla vs. Megalon. So my father had purchased it. It uh, must have been probably, like you mentioned, a Bradley's or someplace, Caldor. Because uh, that particular movie was just everywhere at that time. Mm. So it was just at home. And, you know, a kid, you know, eventually will pop in like a Disney movie. But no, not me, I guess. Or maybe my father just left it on for ambiance, for me to just sit down and just shut up and, and just watch it. And just You seeing... can't cry louder than Jen Yeah, anymore. right? So, and just seeing, imagine four or five-year-old me, and I see this giant cockroach-looking thing that shoots electricity out of its head, and then Ultraman light, and then this green thing doing drop kicks. I'm like, hello? <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, like, every kid goes through their dinosaur phase, right? Or at least every mm -hmm. boy has, like, a dinosaur phase. Mm -hmm. I skipped that, and I went right to Godzilla, which is, is dinosaurs on steroids, pretty much, mm -hmm. right? So, yep. um, yeah, and then I never looked back. It was just a thing. I think for little me, just seeing these uh, cities and buildings just get destroyed, and seeing this guy in his, well, again, I didn't know this guy in a suit, but, um, I guess there was like an art to it that just really lulled me. It was just like, holy smokes, you know? And then as I got older, just, yeah, just a, you know, gaining a finer appreciation of the, the art of, of filming a kaiju movie. But mm. yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalon was my first thing. And then, yeah, it was just rocket strapped and boom. Uh, Godzilla was just this uh, thing that's always been uh, connected to my, my core, my essence. I've always had an mm. affinity for Big G. So yeah, a VHS copy of Godzilla vs. Megalon, and that started my lifelong oh, obsession. Okay, off yeah. you go, off you go. Right? <laughs> and it's funny you said, uh, you know, Godzilla's dinosaurs on steroids because I definitely started with dinosaurs and then graduated to dinosaurs on steroids, yeah. which is Godzilla. So you're right. I mean, Graduated that absolutely was my trajectory. If you want to go one step behind, uh, the gateway that drug was, was dinosaurs. That was it. For I mean, every boy had a dinosaur phase. I mean, it yeah. was either. You had a random dinosaur toy, or right. when Jurassic Park came out, I was like, oh, this is, this is the greatest thing ever. Which, was, yeah. again, Jurassic Park is awesome, but it's not, you know, uh, shoving a tree in your mouth awesome or just casually destroying buildings, uh, you know, or, you know, flying with atomic breath awesome. You it's know? not so it's, shoving it's... a tree in your mouth awesome. I just like <laughs> yeah. that quote. In a vacuum yeah. by itself. <laughs> that happens in Godzilla, King Kong versus Godzilla, doesn't it? I, I believe it. Happens like, in, it happen, well, yeah, it happens there. And then, uh, well, it, they referenced it in Godzilla versus Kong because uh, Kong shoved the axe in Godzilla's mouth. So it was kind of oh, like a, yeah, uh, that's totally an, an homage to that. And then there was a Showa movie where that happens again. I think it's the one with, uh, with Gabara, I think. Gabara. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Is that oh, Son of Godzilla? That, 
Yeah, yeah. No. But anyway, yeah, oh, I think there's oh, a yeah. thing where Gabra's an asshole. We don't love Gabra. <laughs> we hate Gabra. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> Gabra he's, he's, is uh, Patsy's all time least favorite sound is Gabra's cry. It's just <laughs> asshole noise. He that's, is, uh, that's actually <laughs> all monsters attack. All, all monsters attack. Yeah, yeah. Son of Godzilla's the one before it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's. He's well, Gabra's a just basically imagine a pimple in kaiju form. That's that's <laughs> that's <it>. yelling, <laughs> yeah, screaming pimple. Oh Christ! All right, awesome, dude. Uh, so Nintendo, talk talk to us about Godzilla and what he does or doesn't mean to you. That's uh, well, uh, I can't remember which movie it was. My younger brother, my youngest brother, was watching a Godzilla film with my dad. And I remember just like catching glimpses of it and wondering how anyone could get into it because all <laughs> it was, it was just people. I'm like, yeah, you see the, you, you see the monsters, like, okay, they're cool. Mm, right. But I only see people most like 90% of the time. This is. Kind of all this people bullshit. So I was like, <laughs> like immediately turned off by Godzilla from that moment on. Yeah. Um, but now later on in life, I you know learned to appreciate you know Godzilla. I mean, I've always loved Godzilla, like as a yeah the character, creature, the, the character, yeah, right. and, and all the it's monsters are just super awesome. Hmm. Uh, it's just a lot of it was just like too many people, too many people, too many people, too many people. It's just just wasn't for me at all, and. um mm -hmm. But now, now I'm, I'm appreciating these movies. As an old man, you're, you're slowing man. down and you're yeah. learning to smell some lilacs, <laughs> maybe some primroses, and maybe and some, some dog you, you know, yeah, you know, well, or he could drink the berries that Kong was drinking, and uh, King Kong versus Godzilla get drunk off of that, and then he'll he see. Uh, oh, there he Drunk like, off his mm, ass. Uh, or, or you know, you know how they do like the. Um, the machete cuts of the star wars so you know what they should do for joe one of you guys should splice a godzilla movie so that joe will like it so it's only like a five just destruction scenes yeah, yeah. those the already part. are on youtube joe so we we, we oh. can serve those up to you for sure <laughs> someone out there is on this but you right? but you gotta pepper in like some of like the zany human stuff like in the hey say mm -hmm. when they did like the terminator knockoff thing and yeah oh yeah, yeah with uh, the running yeah. of like m11 <laughs> yeah that shit it's so good yeah it's like so yeah, bad it's good ah uh, nice nice well joe about you eight bit you came around on it so so me me myself and i um you know, it's uh, it's funny. My first memory of Godzilla stuff was actually toys um, that you had, Steve, and uh, specifically the like Heisei era Godzilla, or no, yeah, the Heisei era Godzilla toy and Mothra toy that were just like these small, kind of like you know, four inch, five inch little figures, and uh, I had them on my windowsill in my bedroom for like m so much of my life, and those were like you know, things that I really, really loved. And the only access to the movies that I honestly had were the same tapes that you had, Steve. Um, so the ones that I gravitated toward were versus Megalon and Destroy All Monsters because it was just more creatures. It was more creatures. So I got to mm -hmm. see that happening. And it's so, it's so funny because like 
people have all these different feelings about versus Megalon. And it's like, I know the movie's really corny, but like, I just watched it a couple months ago and I still had a great time watching it. Like, it's just, there's something about it. It is just like really lighthearted and fun, like in the best way. And then also you get the only appearance of Megalon, you get, um, you know, you get the only appearance of <laughs> Like the one of the only appearances of Gigan, uh, and it's in you know uh, Godzilla and Jet Jaguar, and it's it's not like you as a kid it wasn't like oh I'm keeping score you know but it was just there were so many cool monsters in that movie, um, and also destroy all monsters was like it's an island of monsters this is super cool so those <laughs> were definitely the only access I had for a long time for some reason I just didn't have interest to watch King Kong versus Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan my brain was like Godzilla's not in this why am I going to watch this uh Mm. and you know it's funny because I do I love the original Rodan movie and I've only seen the original Mothra movie once um great but I I I think it's also a good movie I just have to see it more I don't remember as much about it but uh, yeah, those those were huge. Those were a really big deal um, for me. And then those toys are honestly such a such a thing that I loved from my childhood that I still have them on my desk at work. Like I have my Mothra figure and my Godzilla figure from all those years just still really on my desk. Wow. They're just they're on my That's desk awesome. at work. I love them. Um, so yeah, you know that was it. And then over the years, we've kind of we started like a tradition. Uh, Steve and I, and we were we were inviting friends and stuff like that in like the kind of early twenty eleven twelve era, where we were doing Toho fests, and we would like watch yeah. you know Godzilla movies and stuff on my uh, month of my birthday. So August, we would do a Toho fest. We would watch like random either Godzilla movies or some other Toho creature features that were like less known. And that just became like a really fun thing too. So yeah, and, over yeah, the we years, tried, we tried to like use it as an excuse to watch non-Godzilla movies specifically. Cause there's like was, a Rochi. We're like, wow, there are so many. Well, mm-hmm. just like, or Mothra and Rodan, like that kind of stuff or yeah. Varen, right. the unbelievable right. Matango, the Mysterians. Um, like yep. uh i mean there's just there's just a ton of them i don't know we watched so many yeah. over the years uh space amoeba atragon latitude yes. zero yeah. was peacock king one of them or was it like, was one of them okay it was a toho movie watching that yeah. one yeah it was toho yeah, like, yep beak it beak it so wait um, what, what you're saying what you're saying is toho fest 2024 right i'm coming over Oh, dude, oh, okay. dude. I, we, we I would love to so bring it back. What, ha- what happened was we had such waning like like people who wanted to come that Steve and that I were like, I guess we could just watch Toho movies whenever. I think I would. <laughs> <Yeah. as well. laughs> yeah. So that's I, just what we were like. I don't know. I would totally do it because, dude, again, yeah. it's just like you could count how many people in your circles who are just as much into kaiju as you are. So it's like. Mm. Right. <laughs> oh yeah i would do it all day you know that that would be yes. my g fest and so that is why you're here aldo right? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean it's funny like I, there's so many random like things that i'm a fan of that like overlap with like one friend and i don't have a single friend that like kaiju shit overlaps with like nobody cares at all <laughs> nobody gives a shit and i'm like well, whatever that's, that's what that's what our buddy santino says about tokusatsu in general he's like he loves mm-hmm. tokusatsu so much and which of course godzilla is technically tokusatsu but it sort of became more known for the smaller stuff i feel like kaiju films and like a common writer sort of split even though they really are both the same thing um but like 
Yeah, he's he's like, I don't know a single person besides you guys. Like nobody I know in real life gives a shit about Tokusatsu. <laughs> so know. he was in our Tokusatsu episode this year, and that was yeah. really fun with Colleen. Yeah, but, super um, fun. Yeah, but yeah, oh man, dude, if, yeah. if you're interested, totally. we would we would love to revive. Uh, yeah, we'll do it. Up. Uh, RSVP. I I will be there. I <laughs> any excuse to watch, um, and especially like you said, especially the off the beaten path Toho films that um, yeah. are just not distributed here in the states really right. uh, hmm. unless you get it on well, a bootleg version or right. you know criterion channel may have a few or so you know, a lot of these movies uh, yeah some of them don't even have home video releases at least yeah, sweet home sweet home yeah. right you've seen that right i haven't seen sweet home no actually i, I have not believe Dude, it or not no. it's, 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 it's like on so ridiculously good it yeah it's like it's, so it's it's preposterously good. It transcends the like, oh, I like Toho stuff. It's just like this movie's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I, I can't yeah. Again, most people it. assume they, they, it's the game, but yeah, the game is is based on on the movie, correct? On so, movie. Um, which then again is the father of Resident Evil and Survivor Horror. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it, it, like uh, yeah, like I've I've got you know War of the Gargantuas. I've got Rodan. Yeah. I've got um, mm -hmm. was it. Uh, the Frankenstein one, uh, yeah, Frankenstein Conqueror, Baragon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like you said, the Mysterians, there's the Space Amoeba, there's so many of them, um, that are just lost to time, uh, especially. Right. In, Tim in has, like a, uh, almost all of the ones that I, I think all the ones I did mention because at the time they, they were being released on DVD, but they've gone out of print since yeah. and that was part of like what we were thinking at the time we're like yeah these movies seem like they're probably not gonna they're be gonna be forever. like ether yeah at a certain so point let's just let's just get them but yeah, yeah. so good stuff um lots of Absolutely. lots of good stuff with toho we could do a whole toho non-godzilla episode oh, easy I would, love to. I would love to we should do that but mm -hmm. tonight yeah we're doing g we're doing g man big g in the kids table so uh before you know we get too long in the tooth here let's uh let's start going through these ages going through these era it's the godzilla eras tour man yeah it is we get uh retroids we move gotta, over tay tay make over. room for gg <laughs> yeah it is no, gonna no be a good game is uh, that a man. stage name gg yeah gg that's that's GG. the the meme where he puts on the sunglasses Yes, oh, it is. Where he's okay. in that like uh, that commercial with Charles Barkley. Yeah. Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which there's right, an actual awesome. comic book based on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. God, what a fever dream. So we are going to start off with the Showa era, which is from 1954 to 1975, and I will hand it off to Aldo to do the honors of this monumental first era. Yeah. So I mean. Showa is what started it all, right? So, um, yeah, uh, you know, to not dive too deep, but, you know, each era is basically Showa, Heisei, and so on and so forth is just a representation of the current political climate at the time of Japan, like the regime. Um, so, yeah, Showa era spanned from uh, 54 to 75, so uh, 15 films in total, and I've got a few little props with me, so while I talk about each film, I guess I'll flash up on the screen this little prop i got in joe when i say prop i'm talking godzilla i'm not talking about things <laughs> that you'll like joe right so let's, let's, let's behave <laughs> disappointed i know <laughs> but yes the original film the one that started it all uh godzilla 1954 so i'm holding my criterion copy blu-ray 
nice. uh, which I think may be out of print by now. I'm not quite sure. Uh, you can flip a coin with these Godzilla films. But yeah, 1954 is the one that started it all, directed by Ishiro Honda. Uh, it's the first one. This is probably the most serious uh, in tone of all the Godzilla films. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the most direct uh, allegory for nuclear war and how, you know, F around and find out pretty much for right, humanity. Pretty much, yeah, right. what it is. Um, it's the first instance of hearing the iconic theme song from Akira Ifukube, uh, who was one of the main composers throughout the entire series of Godzilla. Uh, this was also released in the US, uh, retitled, uh, I think, uh, a year later in 56, two years later, 56, uh, retitled as Godzilla King of the Monsters. It was uh, re edited to add in American actor. Uh, uh, Raymond Burr, who was casted as a journalist called Steve Martin, and he actually ended up appearing in the Heisei area back in, in Godzilla 1985. So, and yeah. yeah, serious movie. It's actually really haunting, and, and perhaps mm -hmm. even more, you watch it today, it, it really it does, does. Uh, stand the test of time, and it, it is spooky. It really is. It is. Um, but yeah, on to the less spooky sequel, Godzilla Raids mm -hmm. Again, which was, uh, again, Godzilla made a ton of money, so Japan was like, all right, well, Godzilla died, but uh, so what? We don't care about that. We're going to bring him <laughs> back a year later. So uh, this is uh, memorable for a couple things. I mean, yes, it is the first direct sequel, and it is actually the last of the Showa movies for Godzilla, at least, to be in black and white. Only the first two movies were in black and white. Um, and I'm holding here a really fancy, awesome uh, DVD, which I think is out of print now. Uh, yeah, really I love awesome. those those kind of like st almost faux metallic yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah, and it has the yeah, you know the movie poster. Yeah. I think this was yeah. classic yep. media. I think is the uh, distributor. Those of these. Are so I awesome. have I have that exact copy of Raids again, actually. Yeah, really awesome. Uh, so yeah, this is the first appearance of Angurus, who initially is Godzilla's first foe, first kaiju sure foe is. at least, and they have a really awesome fight. Um, I mean, yes, it. it, it it still is semi-serious, but um, the movie, it, it's nowhere near as much a, mm. much of an allegory like the original, but right. still significant for being the first kaiju-on-kaiju kaiju fight in terms of Godzilla. Um, and it actually is pretty cool to watch. You know, it, it it's not overly long, um, and it's still a good movie. I know it gets quite a bit of hate, but give it a chance, and it's, it's fun. So after also that... Yeah. Also, quick aside, worth mentioning uh, for for any gamers out there, uh, if you've played Super Metroid, then you've heard the cry that Angerus makes because the uh, the creature sounds in Super Metroid were heavily sampled from Godzilla movies, and uh, the boss Dragon is an exact sample of Angerus's cry. Which can is anyone try to mimic Angerus's roar? Yeah, it's really it's, it's high. It's active, but yeah. it's a very distinctive sound. It's a, it's a cool sound. It is um, a very cool sound. And Angerus, you know, he's like, I guess, regarded as like the Krillin of the Kaiju. Like, he'll get his ass beat right. every time, but he'll keep coming right. back. He'll keep like, coming he's, back. Right. You know, uh, I heard they actually right. made his cry by taking a, a saxophone and they recorded a saxophone like note bend and then they pitch shifted it down there was a video i saw on youtube that had the original unedited saxophone thing and i'm like man that's freaking awesome that they can oh even do it, looks, it sounds so different it's that really is cool, cool. Yeah, yeah it's iconic sound for sure um but yeah next movie king kong vs godzilla i know you're wondering you're like wait we're just three movies in and we're already doing this 
Soho was like, we don't give a shit. We see, we see money, and we want to do it. All right, so that money. So this came out in 1962. This was also directed by Ishiro Honda, um, and I mean, it's. I, I don't think it's aged very well, but um, it does have some some things of note. For example, King Kong is brown. Now, why is he brown? You ask. Uh, just because Toho, I think. I think it was one of the things with the rights where they couldn't get the exact look of the original King Kong, so they had to compromise in order, I guess, to maybe copyright their version of King Kong. So then they turned him brown. They made him so look I think, real. I think it's yeah. that because yeah. King Kong was in the public domain, that's why they could use uh, it all. So okay. I think I think it's more like that that they uh, they were trying to put their own stamp on it. I have yeah, a fun yeah, fact so, about the King Kong suit. So he uh, he gets drunk. King Kong drinks some berries, gets drunk. Uh, he fights a as you do. He fights an octopus uh, or a squid, and then Godzilla and him fight a couple times. And so, the, the biggest thing of contention here, Kong. yeah, 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 Kong shows a tree <laughs> in a Godzilla's mouth. Eat this shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, Godzilla claps very exuberantly. Yeah, Godzilla acts pretty, like an idiot in this movie. He is. Yeah, I mean, he he does look pretty goofy too. The suit is uh, leaves much to be desired. But um, I mean, the the biggest point of contention here is uh, at the time and and still to this day, people uh, always presume Kong beat Godzilla. Um, in the U.S. version of the movie, it, it ends. They fall into a, a water. They fall off a cliff. And then you hear King Kong roar. Uh, so people assumed. Now, if you watch the Japanese version of the movie, which this is not actually, this is the American dub. Um, but if you watch the Japanese dub, it actually, they both roar at the same time in the water when it cuts to credits. So it kind of leaves it more ambiguous. There's no real definitive winner, I'd say. I'd say it's more of a stalemate. But um, yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot better. But, you know, again, money talks. They had to crank this out as soon as they could. And uh, But yeah, Steve, you had a fact. About. yeah that was uh that suit was was reused i think um i think this was the third appearance of that suit uh the original original appearance it was actually created for an episode of ultra q which Ooh. was not a toho property but it was uh it's the second episode of ultra q which is titled goro and goro and uh one goro is a kid and one goro is a giant Kong oh, yeah. size gorilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, that is the actual suit. Um, and then they tailored it, altered it for his appearance in King Kong Escapes. Escapes, and then it got reused for the third time for this. And oh my god, you can tell this suit has been through the ringer. So I think the reason, like at the time, I hated King Kong. I'm like, this was my my. Other than a you know vague general concept of what King Kong was and that he uh, climbs a building with a lady, um, like yeah. you know this was the first movie I had seen with him and he looks so awful and I liked right. Godzilla so much more and and it does feel like Kong kind of beats him at the end especially where they just randomly come up with this bullshit about lightning being able to charge up Kong yeah and then Kong gets electric like fists. And it, like shocks Godzilla. It's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Where did this go? And and I mean, I remember being a kid and being legitimately pissed. I was I was pissed. I'm it's like, not a fair what movie, man. Is you you still sound bullshit. pissed? So yeah, no, I I <laughs> no, no, don't I used think to be I've pissed. seen this movie since <laughs> I was little. I know ne- I've not I've not seen it in full as an adult. So yeah, no, I. 
in this podcast episode, I think Aldo and I are going to butt heads on Kong, but not <laughs> this Kong. Not, not this one. one. <laughs> it, it is interesting, though. Another quick aside. So, again, the copy that I'm showing is the Universal <laughs> version of the movie. So, Universal, this was a, a movie that was much like many Godzilla movies. It was caught in rights hell for the longest time. So, this just was not available outside of VHS for the longest time. Um, and then there were a couple unofficial DVDs, but this is Universal. So, then Universal, as per their rights, were like, well, you're going to make a, a Blu ray of this or DVD. It can only be the English dub of the movie that we did. So uh, the only way to get the actual official Japanese uh, subtitled version is if you get the Criterion box set of the Showa series uh, on Blu-ray. Man, that's crazy. That is so is, the, that, is that true for some of the other ones, too? Because there are certain ones that I cannot find streaming at all with the Japanese language. And uh, Megalon's one of them. Also, uh, Astro yeah. Monster is another one. I cannot so, find... There are a couple movies, and it happens more so with the uh, with the Showa more than anything, where where there are things where rights just it's in one distributor, like Universal in this case. Mm -hmm. I think with um, with Megalon, I don't know what the problem is, but that's another one of those things where where Megalon, when it first came out on DVD and Blu-ray, it was only around for like a month, then it was pulled from the shelves because there was a printing error. Like the special features was one of them was not approved by Toho. So Toho was like, nope, yoink, yank it off the shelves. And then it just became this incredibly collectible item. Wow. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's this weird thing where like Toho is very strict about what can be approved as far right. as like special features and whatnot. And if something is not cleared, it just gets lost in like rights hell and, and right. they're just limbo. So it, it's probably one of those cases. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I, I definitely find like as as a as a grown up as a, as that i am i definitely prefer to watch the original language with you know the the subtitles because then you're at least getting the performances of the original actors and and it, it invariably i enjoy it more every single time all the cheesiness of the bad dub is gone and um i I have been going through movies from the show era that i had only seen as a kid and obviously had only seen dubbed and um i really on that list was megalon i was like i you know every time i i every time i watch it for the first time with the japanese language it's like wow it's a whole new experience i always like it so much more and i really wanted to give megalon that shot because a big problem i have with megalon is the stupid kid and his voice is so oh, the voice. oh voice man is yeah worse. So, like, I, I know that the actual okay. kids, yeah, I mean, because it's it's not a kid doing the voice. So anytime that that happened, I always just can't, I just could never stand it. But, like, you know, I'm the original kid's probably fine. So, like, um, I don't know. I, I really would like to see the Japanese language of Megalon and also Astro Monster I was really looking for and I can't find. But, um uh, so what yeah. you're saying is when, when the little kid in Megalon is in that pool in the beginning, is getting sucked in, you were like, I want him go, to die kid, so go, bad. go. So and <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for that kid to die at all times. <laughs> that kid actually appears twice. I believe he's also the kid in All Monsters Attack. I think no, uh, okay. it's he's also the little kid who gets bullied, so it's the same kid. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, again, if, it, not a problem if you watch the Japanese, though, but yeah, in English, uh, especially Megalon. Super oh, yeah, rough. Very, uh, yeah, obnoxious, but nonetheless, let me continue on with the tour. Please the do. Please tour do. Here. <laughs> uh, so we're on to the next movie. Uh, after fighting King Kong, 
it becomes another clash. It's Mothra mm, versus Godzilla. So this so came out good. in 1964, also directed by Ishiro Honda. And this is the first appearance of Mothra in a Godzilla film, though, uh, as Steve mentioned before, Mothra did have her own movie, which was released back in 1961. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, and this is also the debut of the famed, uh, in, at least in terms of Godzilla movies, the Shobijin twins, the fairies. Uh, yeah. which are famously played by the Peanuts, which were a Japanese uh, duo of singers. Uh, so, yeah, the, you know, this is the first time you hear the uh, Mosura, yeah, Mosura. Uh, you know, that wonderful song. And I, I can't replicate those tones, so that's as far as I'll go. But, oh, you did it. You did it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if you could do some editing tweaks to, you know, up my pitch about I mean, Joe's actives. Joe's uh, pregnant for the second time tonight. Oh, yes. oh Joe, <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep a tally going, buddy. Don't you worry. But uh, <laughs> this is a fantastic movie. Actually, it's actually a, a really awesome, uh, really good suit for Godzilla this time around. He's got some really angry, burrowed yeah. frows. He looks really pissed off. He's got a really epic uh, entrance. He comes out through like this sand uh, pit. Um, it's just it's a it's a really cool movie. Um, it's got some fantastic fight scenes, and you do root for Mothra, mm. which is the point. So I think I think this movie. is the second. Uh, this is my second best Showa, personally. Second it's, favorite. It's, it's yeah. a fantastic yeah. I think it's the movie. second best. Yeah. You can't go wrong with it. So on to the next one. Uh, well, how do you top Mothra, right? So it's the thing where Toho's like, well, man, we, we got to keep upping the ante, right? <laughs> so um, interestingly enough, this next movie, it's actually a fun fact. It's the only time in the Showa era, and I think the only time ever in Godzilla history where two movies came out in the same year. Um, so this this was also 1964, uh, wow. Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. So, uh, you know, this, uh, obviously, King Ghidorah is a, insanely uh, popular villain in the Godzilla sphere. Uh, so this was also directed by Ishiro Honda, and this is the official debut of Rodan, as well as King Ghidorah in the Godzilla series of movies. And much like Mothra, Rodan did have his own movie, which was back in 1956. Fantastic movie, by the way. Yeah, um, really good. With a real, real bummer of an ending, mind you. But yep. um, yeah, this is technically the first movie, I guess. Uh, again, it's debatable. But this is the first time where Godzilla goes from straight-out villain to kind of an anti-hero status. Uh, there is one scene in this movie where Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan actually have a conversation. And basically, Mothra is just trying to rally Godzilla <laughs> yeah. and Rodan to help her fight Ghidorah. And basically, Godzilla and Rodan are like, fuck off, basically is what they say. Um, <laughs> but, and well, of course, they, it's all just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in this case, the twins are like translating what they say to the audience or to the <laughs> characters in the movie. But, uh, but yeah, eventually they do help uh, Mothra fight Ghidorah. And again, Ghidorah is—you're talking about the the Mount Echelon or Mount Everest of um, kaiju. Ghidorah is right up there. Ghidorah just has an awesome look, an mm -hmm. insanely yeah. uh, iconic sound. You know that yeah. cackle it has. It's like a cackle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the gravity beams just look cool. His entrance, mm -hmm. where he comes out of that fire, that phoenix, mm -hmm. it's just, mm -hmm. it's just cool. Um, and in this particular movie, they really treat him with such gravitas because yeah. uh, you, you are told for the like for three quarters of the runtime that he is going to hatch and end the world. He's just in a, he's in an egg 
in this movie right. for like Talk almost about, the entire oh, time. And then at the end, the end, he finally hatches and it's like, no, and now it happens. So that's why Mothra's going around like trying to like, okay, guys, like shit's about to get real. It's not real yet. It's going to be. But now this up. is this is one of the most bonkers plots. And um, I I think it is. I think it is like s- stupid in the best ways. <laughs> like this is this is one of yeah. my favorite like, okay, as bonkers as it can possibly be, as silly as it can be, as like so ludicrous. And yet I have a lot of fun with this one. I I, I like this one a lot. I don't it's think it's that good, too. but like it's it dumb like fun. as a movie, but it is great dumb fun. Yeah, and, and I think when, that, then, yeah, when you see Ghidorah come out, it just it, it pays yeah, off. It's just, there's it's always awesome. good moments, but I do think that that as a Godzilla fan, I like I, I'm able to compartmentalize like good movies, ones that I legitimately think are like, okay, no, you did a good job. This is a good movie, and uh, or at least decent, and then just like, okay, this is dumb, but I, I love it. Like, mm. it doesn't matter that it's not a good movie it's like entertaining me the way i want to be entertained because i'm a godzilla fan so exactly this, this so, falls in that category so from that you're like all right they, they keep up in the end you're like where, where are they going to go next well they're just going to revisit the pond baby so they're <laughs> the next year in 1965 they release invasion of astro monster mm-hmm. so i mean Ghidorah was defeated in the last movie but he kind of runs away which is kind of a running theme with these evil kaiju they just kind of like cobra and gi joe or megalon and they 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 retreat right and they come back mm-hmm. so in in this case uh, this is also directed by ishiro honda this is uh i wouldn't say it's as good as the original Ghidorah movie but uh there is a, a really particular scene that is infamous in the godzilla kaiju fandom where uh after godzilla whoops the shit out of Ghidorah in space he does this happy dance where he just goes around now why does godzilla do that so apparently the story goes is that dance was a dance of some type of comedian in japan that was popular at the time and that was like his shtick so um the word goes that um even though this was directed uh, by Ishiro Honda, he did not want that to happen, but apparently one of the higher-ups in Toho was like, we want to throw something in that would be appealed to the younger demographic, and that you're just going to do it, so shut up and do it. And <laughs> and they did it. And Ishiro Honda thought, apparently from what from what I've read, Honda thought it would just, it would bomb, it would ruin the movie, but it is now the defining scene of this movie so right no kidding you know and, and steve like again steve talks about it like that there are moments where that are just so bonkers bad shit that there's no way it would work but in the context of a godzilla film you don't even question why he's fucking dancing why not it's just <laughs> you know you, you just accept it so i mean it, it's a serviceable film but definitely um it doesn't tread any new territory that the mm. previous Ghidorah <laughs> film did um you start to see a pattern where like oh aliens keep coming to try to invade the yeah. earth and what is what is their master plan yep well we're gonna sick your door on them and you know yeah. and other kaiju eventually but I, again I there's nothing wrong I, with that yeah i i think that they they did definitely get like way too repetitive with that uh idea of a basic plot but um i will say just a real quick on this one 
the the aliens are the exilians from planet x and they are my favorite of all the uh godzilla aliens from the showa series i i think they're the coolest super stylish and they were uh riffed on in final wars later on so that was really cool same name and uh and a real brief with matrix with matrix clothes this time around yes with matrix clothes <laughs> uh they were they were sexier in the new one but the uh yeah, this this is the movie that the NES game gets like essentially all of its motifs from, all of its look. Because, you know, think of the NES game, you're Godzilla and he's on he's not in cities, he's on like he's in space. He's on like planetoids and there's mountains in the back and it's craters and moon and, you know, stuff like this. Like what yep. like why why did they right, do that? No Godzilla like movie looks like that. Movies. Well, Invasion of Astro movie is the uh, Monster is the one movie that actually kind of looks like that because they do transport him to Planet X to fight King Ghidorah for part of the movie. And so it does look like you, you get to it and you get to those scenes. You're like, oh, it's the Nintendo game. This is right, where like, this oh, is it. the monster of monsters. So I think that that's oh, okay. that's kind of cool. Yeah. With the exception of the chess thing, I don't remember seeing that in a Godzilla movie, but uh, the whole NES <laughs> chess <laughs> thing was <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that whole chessboard <laughs> thing. I'm I'm waiting to see what Toho hexagonal chess. Yeah. <laughs> but it, again, it, it's it's still a fun enough movie, and again, just to see for the dance, it, it really like, yeah, it, it's yeah. The show the jaws on the floor when it's happening. Yeah, and I this mean, is yeah, the only one where uh, Rodan and Godzilla team up exclusively. Usually Rodan yes. is a third wheel. Um, yeah. But in this one, he is like his backup, his main and only backup. Um, his boy. So I, I love, the previous I'm always, film, they don't, I, I they don't talk Rodan. to each other, at least. No. Like, but, but they still figure it out because they're, they're a team. Mm -hmm. But on to the next movie. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So Hope keeps up in the ante. Well, in this case, it's kind of more of the same. But where are they going? Well, the next movie. <laughs> you, well, you're like, all right. It's cooler Ghidorah. than fighting a dragon in space twice. Well, <laughs> how about a giant lobster, folks? We got, <laughs> we've got. How did they do it again? They've upped the ante. This is <laughs> this is <laughs> two giant dragons more intense than a dragon. Six heads of destruction. <laughs> so, lobster. 1966, grace the airwaves with Ebira, horror of the deep. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple stories behind this movie. So this is actually directed not by Ishiro Honda. It's actually directed by Jun Fukuda. So you can probably tell there's a big change in tone, and that's probably the director maybe had a hand in that. Um, but, yeah, it's Godzilla fighting a lobster. So you're probably wondering, why is Godzilla fighting a fucking lobster, of all things? Well, there's a bit of a story behind this. So this movie originally was going to be King Kong versus Ebira. Um, but what happened is uh, something happened during the pre-production phases of the movie where uh, the rights did not clear or someone who was obtaining the rights, which I think was might have been either RKO or, or Ranklin Bass. One of those two companies had the rights to King Kong at the time. And Rankin they were Bass not definitely did Rankin yeah. Bass, right? They didn't they were not kosher with the design ideas that Toho had for King Kong. So they were like, nope, we don't we don't want you to do this. So at the last second, they swapped out Kong with Godzilla, <clears throat> which kind of makes sense because Godzilla does a lot of things in this movie that are not very un-Godzilla-like. For example, one, uh, he's powered by lightning, which is what was happening with Kong before. Also, Godzilla kind of is smitten with a human woman, which is another trait that Kong is all about. He falls in love with girls. Godzilla never gave a shit about humans. So, uh, yeah. 
And also, Godzilla's fighting a, a fucking lobster. That's more like King Kong territory. You yeah, know? right. Yeah, just a giant. Those stakes small are thing. lower. Yeah, because the lobster yeah. has no powers whatsoever. It's just mm. a giant crab. So, yeah, it 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 doesn't make sense. But once you understand that this was supposed to have been a King Kong versus a giant lobster movie, it kind of starts to make more makes sense. a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. This was actually that movie I mentioned earlier, the uh, the King Kong Escapes. That actually was a Rankin Bass movie. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and actually, now that I look at the notes, so the original title for this movie was originally called Operation Robinson Crusoe: King Kong versus Ebira. That was the original working title for this. Mm. Uh, what Robinson Crusoe has to do any of that? Uh, Toho, I think, just slapped a bunch of English words together because they thought it sounded cool. It's probably <laughs> probably what they thought. Like we <laughs> yeah. have no idea what those words mean, but we hope an English person wants to watch this movie now. Exactly. Um, I mean, is there a reason to really watch this? It's it's filler. I, 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 I'll tell you that it's filler. Uh, but if you're a Godzilla fan, you know you want to watch it anyways. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it, there's really nothing memorable behind it, uh, unless you like to see Godzilla smack a lobster around. I mean, uh, I guess I would be... I would say that the thing to give this movie is that even though the design of Ibira is really simple, he just looks like a big lobster. Uh, the the suit is is incredibly yeah. Great. It is I mean, good, like, yeah. The goal was to make a giant lobster. Now, whether or not that was a good goal is another question, but did they do a good job? Did they succeed? Yeah, it's it's an amazing looking suit. Um, that's that's what I give this movie. Um Ibira looks in the in the pantheon of of, of Godzilla <laughs> foes, he's not tops, he's definitely near the bottom for you know, design wise. Feels like you should they be did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he should be in space amoeba totally. Uh, um, now, if you if you really if you're a hardcore Ebira fan, just go to your local Red Lobster and you you got it. You got you got yeah. Ebira there. So that that's all. You <laughs> Red Lobster, literally. That that's literally Ebira. That's why I'm 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 expanding the Red Lobster lore. I guarantee you, whoever coined that name <laughs> saw Ebira. I was like, I got to make a, a fucking Ebira restaurant fan, chain yeah. regarding well, this this thing. But that all comes back to Ebira. <laughs> It all comes back to everywhere. So it, it, it's 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 okay. Um, but still, if you're a fanatic, it's required mm -hmm. viewing. All right. So, okay. They kind of went the other way. Like they, they didn't top. They kind of like went the other way. So where, where do they go next? Well, the next movie in the series is from 1967. Oh, Son of Godzilla. All right. Oh, so, God. well, in this one, uh, you don't really have a a memorable kaiju well maybe uh, if you like giant spiders um there uh there's a giant spider kaiju um kumonga and also uh, this ugly turd well godzilla's suit is ugly too so they're both ugly turds but oh yeah uh, they are. godzilla's son minila uh minila oh, minia however however you want to pronounce it um yeah it's He's an ugly it's, turd. He, yeah, he's an ugly piece of shit. So it says son of Godzilla, but technically it's it's he's an egg that hatches prematurely and these giant spiders or ants, I should say, Kumonga, um, are about to rip it to shreds and then Godzilla just saves him and then this Manila just gets latched onto him. And then Godzilla's like, oh, fuck, you're not going to go away from me, are you? And then just kind of like adopts him, I guess. No, no uh, I'm not your dad. No, God damn it. So basically, oh God, I am your dad. 
now. If I you know. want, if you want to have some takeaways, uh, Godzilla beats the shit out of Manila a couple times. Steps on his tail to try to make him shoot his atomic breath. Um, it's, I mean, it's not. This is probably one of those movies where the human interactions are are better than the kaiju stuff. Uh, mm. Maybe uh, this, but, is, this is bottom of the barrel Godzilla suit. I think this is the, the absolute yeah, one, worst. number one with a bullet, worst Godzilla suit. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's it, and again, the Godzilla movies are known for having wildly different suits and. This is definitely bottom tier suit uh, for both for both Manila and, mm-hmm. and Godzilla. I will say though, as as bad as this movie is, it does end on kind of a tearjerker. There's basically this. Um, I mean, the plot of the movie revolves around these scientists who get to manipulate the weather, and basically they to get rid of these uh, these kaiju who are pestering uh, Manila. They basically create this snowstorm, and then it drives the other kaiju away. But then Manila and Godzilla are stuck on this island with this giant snowstorm. And it kind of turns into like one of those Sarah McLaughlin commercials where like it is the hungry pets. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, and you it basically the movie ends with like them hugging each other while they're crouched and frozen, and it looks like they're dying. But then they're like, Oh no, no, they're just going into hibernation. But it's really sad for whatever reason. You think they're right. both gonna die. Um, and then that's it, it just ends. So then it's just I don't I don't just know where they were a couple of frozen turds and cut to black. and cut the end but <laughs> yeah I mean it's again another I mean you you could skip this one but I mean the, the, again the, the final shot of them just huddled over in the snowstorm it actually is surprisingly touching for whatever reason you you do feel bad for them which which is saying a lot because Manila is a very universally hated uh, kaiju but uh, if you hate him in this one you're gonna hate him much more later on. Yeah, uh, it was just when you think it, they the series couldn't possibly get stupider and worse. <laughs> this is surely but, the bottom of the barrel, right? That that and then is then there's uh, more bottom. There's a hole in not, the bottom. And it, yeah, there's a whole cavern down there, and there's a hole. But not movie. not quite yet. We don't get to that point yet because Toho decides for the next film. And oh, oh, right, right. I'm, I'm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Good to one. Release. Then the bad one. This is the Avengers of kaiju films. This is yeah. destroy all monsters. So yeah. uh, Ishiro Honda gets back at the driver's wheel for this one. He's like, and, give me that uh, shit back. You guys give me are that shit. Yeah. all up. <laughs> uh, give me my baby back. Yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, this is basically the Avengers. This is pretty much every Godzilla kaiju and even kaiju from other Toho films that just appear um all in one. So this uh this movie takes place in the very spooky future of 1999 um where oh you guessed it evil aliens have come and have uh you know brainwashed the kaiju to, to kill us all. Um and yeah, I mean th- it's basically just an avenue to show each monster destroying a part of the world. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, there are a lot of kaiju in this movie. So to give you a list of the kaiju that do show up, there's Anguirus Baragon, Godzilla, Gorosaurus, uh, which Gorosaurus uh, was from, he was in the Frankenstein, no, he was in, uh, which one was he in? Gorosaurus. I'm actually never sure where Gorosaurus Gorosaurus, I always mix him up with Baragon. No, Baragon was, was the Frankenstein. Yes, uh, Baragon, Baragon was Frankenstein, yep. So Gorosaurus, uh, oh man. Gorosaurus, I would always King mix Kong up with Godzillasaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gorosaurus was King Kong Escapes. He was... He was, uh, well, he's known for doing like this kangaroo kick, which is always funny. But um, King Ghidorah, Kumonga, Manda, Minila, Mothra, Rodan, and Varen. 
So again, quite a few of these, like for example, the Varen, unbelievable, the you unbelievable. Can't believe it. You have to use this whole so, name. Which which Varen is is the right unbelievable. Here. He's so, so he was his suit was in such disrepair for this movie that he only shows up in like two two seconds of the film, yeah. and one of them is him flying, and yeah. then the other one is they literally had created like this four inch puppet of him, and he's in the background, and that's it. That's all they could afford. And he's because brown, he's which is uh, is interesting because his movie, Varen, the unbelievable, the unbelievable, black and white, black and white, yeah. So maybe they took some creative liberties. I don't know. Did they repaint him? I I have no idea. In the but... S in the S game, he's uh, bright purple. Oh, is he? Oh, he is he? Yeah. Okay. I I don't remember the color schemes of the the NES game, but I mean this this game, <laughs> this movie. It's still pretty epic. I mean, the, the the plot again is just generic aliens come to to. to I think if the world. aliens were cooler, like I like the Exilians so Zillions, much more yeah. than these. These are the Kilaks, or as they just say, they cut you know Kidak, the Kidaks, mm -hmm. Kidaks, the Kilaks, and man. they they just are so unbelievably lame. They just they're in the unbelievably lame. Were, were these the, because uh, I forget, are they the little insect ones, right? Or no, they... these are just like all just ladies in robes. And they're oh, so, like, yeah, the women, they're yeah, so yeah, yeah. boring. They're like, yeah, yeah. They're like uh, we also own Japan because we said so, but we own below Japan. It's like, the, the oh my God, the plot. So they have this <laughs> gas and they, they use this special gas weapon to control all the kaiju. And then. Anyway, it is a fun ass movie. I love this movie. This, yeah, is, this is a fun show of movie for sure. Again, it, it is it is the Avengers of of kaiju. Yeah, um, it, it is. Uh, I think until Final Wars back in the up in the Millennium era, you don't really see this grand uh, collection of kaiju. So it's it's a rare treat, especially in the Showa era, and it's definitely a, a required viewing. It's got some fantastic songs from uh, Akira Fukube. Uh, especially the imperial march theme that he does or the military march um just great music overall um and again compared to son of godzilla this is a, a martin scorsese film by by comparison so <laughs> right. huge yeah. step in the right direction and uh yeah it's cinema it's peak cinema um one other thing of note King Ghidorah gets the living shit beat out of him at the very end. Literally, like every kaiju gets their scrappers and they just beat the fuck yeah, out of him. They just punch the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a curb stop. He, it's over. You you really <laughs> feel bad for Ghidorah because like it it lasts way too long. The ass whooping and then Ghidorah finally gets the hint and flies away. But yeah, it's it's worth it for that. So fantastic movie though. And this was <clears> another one actually. This Blu-ray was uh, quickly went out of print. This was released by Classic Media. Ooh, I don't know, I even know how many years ago, but about a month after it came out, it was pulled off the shelves because, again, Toho did not approve of a certain special feature that was on here. So oh, yeah, oh. It, it, it became a collector's item. So uh, I, I do want to just also mention. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe this is the first Godzilla movie that uh, the actor Akira Kubo was in, and. He he was in so freaking many movies uh, at that time, and he actually got to be in uh, an episode of Ultra Q as well. And he was uh, the main actor in Matango, um, and yeah. he was in lots of Godzilla movies after this one. But I believe I believe this was you the may first be right. one. Uh, that and that is that is spring. another 
that's another trend you see with these Toho movies. A lot of these actors, a lot of the same actors, roles. Come back. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but again, if you were well versed in that, you're like, oh, wait, I've seen him. I've seen her. Yeah. Right. Just a, and and it's, it's like they, they always play different characters almost always. Yes. Yeah. So, usually. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, it's what Adam Sandler does, but this was done before that. Like, we're putting yeah. all their friends in their movies, you know? Um, but yeah. So after Destroy All Monsters, where do we go? Well, this is a roller coaster, folks. So <laughs> the next movie. Oh boy. 1969, All Monsters Attack. All right. So this is. Uh, this is it sounds like it's like, oh, dude, All Monsters? Okay, cool. No. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of monsters in the last one. There's got to be yeah. a lot. Uh, there, there's okay. nothing worse than this movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this brief, but this was surprisingly directed by Ishiro Honda. So he must have had a uh, lot of drugs. A couple somas <laughs> when he was when he was when he was getting this done. I don't know what was going on, but this is um, I guess Toho's attempt at trying to go into the full family friendly route. This is think of this as a post -edu school educational special, right? Like a after school special. This is a movie that tackles bullying. There's a there's a child which I'm pretty sure it's the same child in Godzilla vs Megalon. Um, he is a kid who basically his parents just abandoned him, so he just walks around the city and just does whatever he wants because he has no parental supervision so then he gets bullied by this group of kids and uh, this bully is called gabara so the kid i guess in order to battle his grief he like manifests a dream or a reality where he's on monster island and he's chilling with manila and manila can talk and hang out with him and also shrink to human size and they hang out and their buddy manila sounds and like gee davy yeah, yeah. Don't you know? He's yeah. like sounds like a freaking drunk guy. He does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it that was a really good impression, actually. So, um, yeah. Long story short, uh, there is a a, a pimple nosed kaiju called Gabara, also the name of the same bully of the boy. So basically, it's both the boy and Manila coming to terms with facing their bullies and overcoming adversity. And yeah, who cares? It, the movie sucks. Um, now, Gabara, again, is probably one of the worst looking kaiju you will ever think. It is not intimidating in the slightest. He looks like a penis and a pimp, like a, a penis with pimples all over it. It's basically a heel what, pimply <laughs> penis. It's just literally, and he's got this. It's, it's just, yeah. Um, shit. It. I mean, technically, this movie never happened because it's most of it is all of a dream. So, yeah, it's, it's, this little kid, it's very meta. Yeah, um, it's like because it feels like because the kid's a fan of Godzilla, so it just sort of feels like yeah, yeah. Godzilla is just the, yeah. movies. In okay, his world so or something. as Apeit was saying, it says all monsters attack. Okay, you do see footage of, of the other monsters like bear, like. Uh, Gorosaurus, you'll see uh, Ebira, Kumonga. Problem is, it's all stock footage from the previous movies that they appeared in. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is starting to become a trend, and I, I didn't mention this, but yeah, like halfway through the show era, you know, when they start making movies yearly, they kind of have to save their budget, right? Save their money. Well, how do you do that? Well, you recycle footage from the previous movies. Yeah. So, uh, 80% or 85% of probably the kaiju stuff in this movie is all recycled footage from previous movies. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it sucks. It's, it's, it's not a fun movie. Um, I mean, if you want to punish your child, maybe one day or punish yourself, I guess you could put it on. Um, this I'm in agreement in some it. way 
is bullying. Like making <laughs> yeah, anyone watch yeah, this yeah. movie yeah, is yeah. cool. We went 360. We're all the way back. <laughs> no, no, you guys went too far. This is now so back bullying. to bullying again. So maybe that's even more effective than the message they were going for in the first place. But oh yeah, I mean, it's again, you could skip this. Uh, I mean, maybe just to look at Gabber and laugh at how horrible it right. is, like how that was even clear to begin you know, with. Google images exists. You can do that. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it, yeah you're right. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all there is to that. Oh. Uh, again, widely considered to be one of the worst show, of, uh, probably the worst show of film or, or maybe Godzilla film in, in general. It's just, probably. It's, it's not good. But okay. It's so bad that they actually take a two-year break this time. Instead of doing a yearly uh, <clears throat> content drop, they wait until 1971 for Godzilla vs. Hedera, or also known as Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster in the U.S. Hell yeah. So this, this is where things get really weird. So this is directed by Yoshimitsu Bano, uh, which this was his only attempt at Godzilla, which I think because this movie tanked, um box office uh, i should say they, they kind of Toho was like all right we don't need you anymore but um i wish i could tell you the plot i mean this is essentially just the, the director and the writers on lsd it, it has some i mean hedora is a kaiju who looks like a, a pile of shit that's garbage that's what he is right <laughs> He no, he's come on, you're being mean. He's, a, yeah, a he's, steaming he's, pile he's of pollution. sludge with a with yeah. a red eye. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, the pollution. allegory here is that you know, I guess they decided, very well, heavy-handed. Yeah, wicked. The original Godzilla is an allegory on on creating nuclear weapons and the fallout of that. So then, you know, in the seventies, it was all about pollution <laughs> and being green. So yeah. what's best? What better way to make that message clear? You create a kaiju. Which, when it just flies over you, it just melts you because it's so rotten. And See, as a kid, a bones, as a man. kid, this movie like disturbed me. I was, I was really scary. scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was really scared of Hedorah. So, like, I don't know. To this day, he's kind of one of my faves because it is yeah. such a weird movie, and it is an acid trip of a movie, and there are weird shifts in like like medium like it'll it'll suddenly become a cartoon and and there's like weird music and i mean it is so super weird but all that is juxtaposed against like the most gory gruesome like things you've ever seen stuff, like, from Hedora in yeah. in a godzilla movie and yeah yeah this giant tadpole thing just flies overhead and everybody underneath just dies and turns into skeletons. skeletons yeah like and also, oh this my is like god one of the only monsters of this era that has multiple forms like that was something mm -hmm. more more akin that was the, uh, yeah the, the first Heisei one era the the you know there's four forms yeah. to hedora and yeah i don't I think we wanna... saw this until violante and then destroya mm -hmm. there really aren't yeah. that many yeah well the the heisei era kind of has like some different forms throughout like the movies and stuff they they wanted to go for but the the um the thing also with this movie i kind of i did like was uh how the father sort of takes like the scientific approach to trying to figure out like what this stuff is like he brings home you know bits of the water and stuff and is like dropping these little like tadpole-esque things and like there's just a level of like give a shit that the character the human character is sort of trying to science out like what what's going on what this thing is i kind of mm -hmm. like that and yeah like some of the graphic scenes like dude when when godzilla punches his hand into Hedora, oh yeah into yeah, it yeah pulls it out and he just has a skeleton hand for the rest of the movie <clears throat> like it melts his damn skin off for the well, whole not movie. just that it's i mean god's you talk about the overkill on death i mean the way godzilla kills Hedora is, is oh, pretty brutal too just insane yeah it's it, so i mean 
Um, I'm pretty sure also, I, I could be wrong. I think that I could have sworn. I, I remember there being boobies in this movie. So again, this was like LSD. Pretty sure there's a topless woman in this movie. Um, again, mm -hmm. they were kind of like going for like this James Bond kind of look to it. Because even the intro of the movie is very 007-like. Mm -hmm. And... It's just it's just weird. It's, it, it, it there's no. But it's also like heavily moment. from the kids' perspective too. So yeah, like, yeah. Is this movie for? Yeah, it's is, really is weird. This, is this kid dreaming of boobies and LSD? I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what he's what's going on. But <laughs> my dad's um, never home, so I get bored a lot. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's it's strange. It's surreal. It it you don't really know what you're watching, but it actually is entertaining, though. It keeps you captivated. I think it's a great Absolutely. one, and uh, yeah, it really like stands out in a lot of ways. And I think Hedora stands out in a lot of ways in the Pantheon. And I, I actually think Hedora is a really great en entrance into the Pantheon more than like something like Abira, who's it's like okay, Abira kind of looks better as a costume, but it's mm. just it's just dull. It's just a lobster. This is right. very different. In the Pantheon, we've seen lots of big reptiles, and uh, and and bugs and stuff and this is just so completely so different. different and yeah. they show got forms. Tadpole. you know yeah. he like yeah. starts almost tadpole like and then just becomes yeah. like this massive pollutant thing yeah no i th i i dig hedora i think he's mm -hmm. cool it's yeah, a cool movie just uh movies. you probably should light it up before you watch it though i guess for maximum enjoyment blaze one for hedora <laughs> blaze yeah you know or or have a recycling bin with you and and properly recycle that way you don't turn into a pile of bones you know <laughs> that's, I, I, that's I don't true. know that's yeah. it. Um, all right. So the next movie, 1972. So we go from Sludge Monster to arguably one of my favorite villains in the, in the pantheon oh, of Godzilla. Certainly. Uh, yeah, of Kaiju. I mean, Godzilla vs. Gigan. Uh, so, I mean, yes, this uh, this was directed by John Fukura. Um, this is notable for being the final performance of legendary Godzilla suit actor Haruo Nakajima, um, the, the godfather of Godzilla. Um, this was his last movie, and unfortunately, he's not wow. in it a lot because this movie has a lot of stock footage. Um, but that said, it is the introduction of Guy Gan, which Guy Gan is I mean, you either love him or hate him. I love, love the guy. Him. I mean, I love he is, death, yeah. He, I mean, I don't know what Toho was pitching in the creator's room. They're like, all right, we want a giant chicken with a bus on its belly and razor blades for hands. Yeah, <laughs> let's go for it, right. Um, it's just, I think, and again, maybe it's just me, but I always felt Guy Gan had the most personality out of any kaiju, period. You can just tell from his mannerisms, his body language, what he's saying. He, he is Starscream to me. Uh, you, you think about Transformers, right? Starscream talks so much shit, but then when, once the <laughs> Autobots start whooping ass, he's the first one to hightail it out of there. Gigan is the same exact way. He will beat the shit out of kick Godzilla and cackle. <laughs> but then once Godzilla gets up, he's like, oh shit, I'm out. You know, <laughs> right, he's, he's out. <laughs> but to be fair, he does he does wreck Godzilla pretty good in this. He one, draws right? I mean, blood, big. He, he draws blood, yeah. So I mean, he is he looks goofy, but he actually is a, a really cool design. 
Um, yeah, I love it. it. <clears throat> so you know, so much creativity in this design. Like absolutely, like what you so said. So weird it works. Although, like you know, this giant chicken with a buzzsaw in the belly, and he's got a big pot belly to accommodate that buzzsaw, and like <laughs> it all works. And when they made him like leaner and sexier for Final Wars, I'm like, no, I like I the pot like belly. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. it. I like he's it. He's cool, on but paper. I pr I prefer the original by far. Yeah. You like, like, like the dad bod version. I do yeah. like the dad bod <laughs> version. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag guy getting dad bod, baby. Yeah, but, and, and and plus, you know, they changed his color so completely. He was green and gold. I'm like, I want the green and gold. What the fuck? Right, yeah. Yeah, but, wasn't uh, he just wasn't he just black and blue? He was blue, yeah, black and blue. Yeah, he, right. They kept the red visor at least. But no, nah, there's something about that visor and that, that beak. Very, very different also beak just it. in the Pantheon. But I always was fascinated because like I, I'm like, oh, you know what I really want to see? I want to see the movie where they show us what Gigan was before he became a cyborg. Ooh, because they, right. they they sort of gave us that with uh this unnecessary origin later in Heisei of King Ghidorah, which is like, you know, so really unnecessary. He could have just been a three-headed dragon. What but were they Gigan, called? The, the, the Dorsats Dorats. or something? Dorats? Yeah, Dorats. Like, I really, really want to see that that movie. Like, what the hell was Gigan <laughs> before? Right. Yeah. yeah. Before they freaking mechanized him. And like, the pot belly was still there. Uh, they just put a buzzsaw in it. I would just be, <laughs> I would love to see the monster version ver, uh, monster verse version of Gigan. Oh what, my god. Yes. What would they oh do god, to Gigan? I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. well, that's a whole other discussion. I would love to see it. But um, another quick uh, interest bit of note in this movie. So this is another movie where, for whatever reason, uh, kaiju talk to each other. So Godzilla has a conversation oh, with yeah. Anguirus in this movie. <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, they have comic book speech bubbles when they talk. So weird. Uh, Okay. Just uh, feeling it out. Just uh, not, not Just, necessarily like, doing this, this again. This? But can we do this more? No. So again, continuity <laughs> no, doesn't doesn't no. mean continuity does not mean shit in Godzilla movies. Nope. Um, so like again, in in, in the previous and the last time where they talked, it was uh, the Shobujin twins with Gramatha were the the kind of the middleman or the middle women and telling you what they're saying from their roars. In this case, it's literally Japanese writing. Uh, like I'm assuming comic kanji. style. Speech but in bubbles. a comic speech bubble, yeah. Uh, so, uh, why what am I watching why, manga why? now? What what the hell happened here? Or if you watch it in the English dub, for whatever reason, they decided to give Godzilla an Angerus. They sounded like grumpy old men. They're like, oh, Angerus, go check it out. Okay, Godzilla, hurry. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's really, it's really, really bad. Um, God, damn. let's let's pretend this never happened. But uh, still, uh, stock footage aside, uh, the parts with Gigan are fantastic. Gigan right. is definitely, arguably, one of my favorite uh, kaiju ever. Mm. He's just mm -hmm. he, like like Steve said. He's such a radically Y design, but it's a mm -hmm. Y that works. It's just yeah. it just works. It, on like paper, on paper, it sounds like an absolute failure, but it just. Again, like I said, I think he is the most, he is the kaiju with the most personality. Like, I can literally come up with yeah. what he's saying just by him. And, he, and he's so this. evil. Yeah, like, right. He's so evil. Yeah, he yeah. is. I don't think there's any other kaiju besides, like, like, him and King Ghidorah. Those are the evil ones. Like, yeah. every other one, like, you could cast yeah. either way, but I don't know. Like I, honestly, in the grand Hidora's scheme of things, Destroya, but in only Showa, I totally oh, yeah. agree. 
Okay, but Choa then, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. all the other ones could go either way and often do go either way. Joe, they go both ways, some of them. Oh, <laughs> Joe. Um, oh, yeah. Some Joe's, them, but, but, Joe's temperature just rose a couple degrees. Oh, yes. But but not Geigen. Geigen is a uh, one-way street. You know he is evil all the time. And, he cracks uh, me up. Geigen is just funny. His his cackle is... is it's just... Uh, Sounds like a donkey. I, I don't even know what they what they got it from, but yeah, guy is just it's a rusty gate. Let's go. It, yeah, our <laughs> gate's a little rusty. Let's just record that. Who needs WD forty? We get we got guy again, baby. That's but, Foley, uh, man. Yeah, so it, it just an awesome design. Definitely recommend watching it. Um, but again, there's plenty more guy again to go around. Um, speaking of. Uh, you, you want guy again? Oh well, you got him in the next one, and you got. So I want guy more. again. Oh. Oh, guy sure raids do. again <laughs> so 1973 blessed us with my favorite my guilty pleasure godzilla versus megalon um so yeah i mean there's so much going on in this movie where do you begin right you've got i mean guy again comes back yes he's right there you've also got my man jet jaguar you've got megalon which is a giant cockroach with drills for arms why not <laughs> right and as steve mentioned before the beautiful Cetopians. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the debut of Jet Jaguar. So, Jet Jaguar came about, according to legend. Uh, Toho was holding a contest uh, the year before, basically with uh, with children in mind, and they were inviting children to come up with ideas for the next great hero to be used in some type of medium. So, there was this one child who won, and his submission was this kaiju called Red Alone which basically had Jet Jaguar's torso, but he also had wings and like a chicken head. Um, so then Toho was like, well, that's not going to work, but we'll take the torso <laughs> and we'll slap an Ultraman-like body on him and we'll call him Jet Jaguar. Uh, because why not? Because at this, at this point, it should be mentioned that uh, Toho was losing to TV tokusatsu, mostly headed by Ultraman. Ultraman was very, very popular at this time. And... Godzilla movies were, you know, bring back diminishing returns every time. And so Toho was kind of in a tailspin and they're like, well, literally let's rip off Ultraman so we can, <laughs> so we can maybe capture some of that because kids were really, uh, their, their big fan base at that point. And, uh, kids were more interested in the tokusatsu shows on TV. Those were more popular than what was going to theaters. So. Mm. That was, a, that was a that was a legitimate, you know? yeah. So that was a legitimate thing they were trying to combat with this. They it really, he really, honestly is a an Ultraman ripoff for real. He is, but I mean, on paper, Jet Jaguar sucks, but there's just something about him. There's some type of charm with Jet Jaguar that you, you can't even. It's an intangible. Maybe it's the so, theme song. It, well, yeah, I was going to get into that. So, uh, Cliff's notes on the story. Uh, there is a underwater race of people called Cetopians, and they're pissed at us in the on the upper ground. I guess apparently we moved them to the ocean or underneath the ocean at some point in time. Are they related to the the Atlanteans or, or I don't even? I feel like I, I feel like they use the Easter Island heads. Probably, yeah. Oh, you know what? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. They decide one day we're just pissed. All right, we're going to summon Megalon, which is this giant creature of ours, which is this giant cockroach with drills for arms. Hey, Why? They're God. It's just uh, yeah, they're God yep. or something. And all right, they summon him. He comes out. He blows shit up. And at this point, 
uh, as I mentioned earlier, Godzilla was kind of an anti-hero. Well, starting with this movie, pretty much, Godzilla's a full-on hero at this point. He is Earth's defender. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just it just happened. Um, you know, he comes out with a theme song. With, with that like, always with, confused me as a kid as I watched different ones randomly. Because my friend, I had friends that had different movies than I had too that I would watch as well. And yeah, like you never knew. It's like, is he a good guy in this one? I remember always asking that. Yeah. Is he a good Is this one of the ones where he's a good guy? Like, <laughs> yep. you never you, know. Yeah. Well, especially, especially because here, a lot of these movies came out in a horrible order. They weren't chronologically coming out. So mm. that especially added to the confusion. But mm -hmm. definitively, Godzilla vs. Megalon, Godzilla is Earth's number one savior at this point. So he is, he comes out with a trumpet theme song, which is like a. Boom, boom, boom. It's just uh, so, goes, anyways. That's what they wish they would have had. Yeah, they would have had the Green Ranger. <laughs> but um, uh, that would have been. That's not a trumpet, too. though. That's a dagger yeah. that plays like a Casio flute. That sounds like a synthesizer. Yeah. Played with we don't helmet. we don't need details for for the Green Ranger you know none of that has to make sense <laughs> but, but um but anyway so yeah uh, there was a scientist who somehow created Jet Jaguar um, for what I don't even know why he just has him in his lab and um, anyway some bad guys come in and beat the shit out of the scientist and they steal something from him and then randomly Jet Jaguar just decides to gain sentience and then just abandon his creator and then he's just, like you know what I'll do. I'll gain sentience right now. Yeah, I've and never tried this before, but huh, he just, here we go. All of a sudden, can grow to kaiju size for no reason, yep. and then no. he fights. <laughs> he fights. He, he fights Megalon, and then the whole time Godzilla's swimming, and it's taking him fucking forever to get there. Yeah. Um, and Godzilla <laughs> gets there. Get there. Um, and then, oh yeah, Gigan shows up too to help uh, Megalon. So it's basically a tag team match. This is like the first official tag team match. It's like a, think of it as a wrestling. It's a the WrestleMania of Kaiju World. It's Godzilla and Jet Jaguar versus Gigan and Megalon. Um, so again, this movie does use a lot of stock footage from Godzilla versus Gigan, uh, which there are even instances where you'll see like uh, Godzilla's suit change to the previous movie because uh, mm -hmm. it's a different suit. Yep. This is actually my favorite suit, the Megaru Goji suit. Uh, I always found this suit to be the most <clears throat> expressive um, mm -hmm. facially and just with the... Uh, with the movements because like he was actually doing like kung fu stances and stuff a and, lot yeah <laughs> you know yep. and it, i just i don't know i found him to be very cute and endearing um but yeah i mean it's aside from the stock footage aside from the batshit insane concept it just works especially during the last 20 minutes of the movie where the actual fight happens it's just really awesome and like i said this was the first movie i ever remember watching so mm. this is a movie that uh I could have a shitty day, and I, I see Godzilla beat the shit out of Guy again at Megalon. I smile. I am happy. Um, it's just awesome. <laughs> it's just a good time, man. It's yes. just a good time, uh, and good time. it's—I mean, yes, the humans, whatever. It's—it's um, it's still a, a schlock. It's—it's it's a guilty pleasure. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I mm -hmm. think it's one of the highs of the show era. But again, I am completely biased. I love it um jet jaguar has a fucking theme song man come on it's just it's just yeah. you can't go wrong with this movie this is man. a good yeah, looking uh this is a good looking goji costume for showa as well yeah, yeah. i I, yeah. I do yeah, like he the way he looks here my favorite was uh from the next one but they're super similar 
I don't think yes. it's the same suit, but it's very, very they, similar. I think they refined they it just, a little bit. They, they tweaked the face to um, make him look more angry because, I, well, because of the plot of the next movie. Mm. Uh, there's a reason why I, they so, do that. But yeah, this one's right there. This one's like, it looks so it's, similar. And so both, Godzilla vs. Megalon is the perfect popcorn kaiju movie. It's just, it's just dumb fun. Um, yeah. it, it, it's awesome. Uh, oh, and it has a drop kick. Godzilla does a fucking drop kick. I mean, I didn't even mention that. that <laughs> was, he slides on his on. tail, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, twice. He does it twice. Um, yeah, it's just it's, uh, uh, frequently shown in the intro to Mystery Science Theater three thousand. They would uh, oh which, yeah, you're use right. That clip. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I actually uh, believe it or not, I I never got huge into MS T three K because uh, I didn't have Sci Fi Channel in my area at the oh. time, so like I missed out on it. But I do know that one of their more infamous episodes is riffing on that movie. So it kind of exposed that movie to even more people too. The really the really funny thing is uh like you you pretty much won't find too many bigger fans of MST3K than me. Like I really just grew up with it. And uh I honest to God do not think I've ever seen that episode. Hmm. It was in the, I, it was I, in the hard intro. to come by. Like the Godzilla ones. Yeah, like, I, I well, don't think I've ever seen Toho, it. Toho shut it down, I'm sure. That's yeah. why they, yep. you, That's they probably can't, what it was. They can't yeah. make them. That's exactly. probably what it was. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're um, right. Yeah. Probably so, some recorded tapes. Yeah. Um, oh, and last, the movie ends with like the most epic handshake ever between Godzilla and Jet. Does, Jaguar, yeah. like, <laughs> they, they have a handshake that land that lasts for like a good two minutes for whatever reason. But, and it, <laughs> I don't know. It is I, fucking I, awesome. Right? I can't even. <laughs> this become awkward. I can't still, even explain still okay it. to keep shaking, Goji? He's like, they didn't, they didn't rehearse it at all. Like, they were just I, vibing on the handshake, and they just nailed I it. Sh- <laughs> I shit you not. I get goosebumps when I see that. See, I don't even know why. It's like, it's the cheesiest. It makes no oh, fucking sense. So Godzilla funny. shaking hands like a human with a giant <laughs> robot, and Godzilla's roaring at him, and Jet Jaguar's just doing this, ging, 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 ging. And they're like having a conversation. We have no idea what the fuck they're saying. And the camera just keeps zooming in on it. It's just, it's, it's just, I, oh man. The, the meaning of life yes. is hidden in that scene, uh, if you right. dissect it long enough. But yeah, I, I've gone on long enough about Megan. Fantastic movie. The answer um, to life, the universe, and everything. The answer. So we're, exactly. we're heading, we're heading towards the, the end of the era here of the show yes. with the finals, the next set of films. Uh, so this is uh, 1974, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Yes. All right, so my favorite things, as a kid. Things Hands take down. a turn. This is uh, definitely a more sinister, dark tone than what we were mm. seeing before. Uh, this is directed by Jun Fukuda. Um, and as Steve mentioned, uh, they do reuse the Megaru Goji suit from the previous film, but they tweak the face um, to make him look more sinister. The reason why they do that is because a Mecha Godzilla originally in his first appearance is actually dressed up as Godzilla. He comes and I think he like destroys like an oil factory well, or he, something. He, or... he beats the shit out of Angerus. Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, th- you want to talk about bloody and gory. I mean, yeah, Angerus comes and he breaks his jaw and like they really zoom in on it. And he just snaps that fucking thing. And, and yeah, yeah, and the humans are like, "What? What's he doing, Dad? I thought, I thought Angerus was Godzilla's friend." And <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like, "I don't know." And I yeah. remember as a kid being like, "What? What?" Like yeah, I, yeah. I was, yeah, very like, "Why? Why? Why, why is she doing this?" Very but then you also notice that Godzilla's roar is like metallic sounding. It's like mm-hmm. it's not quite right. 
yeah. but yeah, so eventually the, the facade falls, Godzilla confronts this fake Godzilla and ends up being a robot. Um, which believe you guessed it, controlled by evil aliens. So uh, <laughs> these are one, these are uh, these are alien apes, simians, the, the, the simians, simians, right? Yeah. yeah. So basically, someone at Toho probably smoked a bowl and saw Planet of the Apes and was like, "All right, we got to throw them in this movie." Um, <laughs> and I mean, other than the the batshit crazy plot, um, it does have some fantastic fight scenes. Mechagodzilla is definitely uh, up there in terms of oh, uh, villains who have whooped the shit Absolutely. out of Godzilla. Um, mm -hmm. Godzilla beats the uh, Mecha Godzilla beats the piss out of him for a good while. Oh, yeah. So yeah, this Mecha um, Godzilla is like feels like a really brutal. Serious He's brutal. Threat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, believe it or not, there's a whole other kaiju in this movie that has, it has, makes his debut too. King well, Caesar. Yeah. So uh, King Caesar, you either love him or hate him. He, uh, I don't know. They show him right here on the back. Actually, he is uh, like a half dog, half lion uh, guardian of this. I don't even remember this. Mm. Half this, man, this thing, half but, dog. I'm my own best friend. Yes, he's uh, Spaceballs he's improved upon this, this concept, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's got a, King Caesar has like a 15-minute theme song that plays for way too long, but it's memorable <laughs> nonetheless. Um, yeah, so King Caesar uh, helps Godzilla to fight Mechagodzilla. Um, and like I said, Anguirus is there too, but Anguirus just gets destroyed. Um, it's again surprisingly dark with the imagery, and actually a lot of the yeah. movie takes place at night. So it it um it, it's a different visual tone, and it's surprisingly graphic for what it is. Um, you know, it, again, you you probably remember the the Angerus. That's that's like a thing that gets seen yeah. in your mind because you yep. you see kaiju get tossed around and stuff and explosions, but you never see like dislocated body oh, parts. Right, and. Stuff. and Right. And they're breaking your heart extra bad because you have that. He's roaring. Like they're yeah. they're well, saying like, but he's his friend, and like, what? Why? Why is he doing yeah. this? It's, it really is like, whoa, come on! And not just that, like, Angerus like runs away, and you can somehow think he's crying because his roar sounds different, and you see his jaw just hanging mm. as he's crawling away. It's just it, it's messed up. This is a surprisingly right. dark film. Um, mm. And again, this uh, at the time, this DVD was pretty hard to come by. This was a Sony. DVD because again, Godzilla DVDs and movies were always different companies. Uh, this was again one of those things that quickly went out of print at the time and just became very collectible. Uh, 50th anniversary, it says at the time. So, uh, yeah, fantastic movie. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely worth a watch. Yep. And which then leads us to a direct sequel, I guess. Um, 1975, Terror of Mecha Godzilla. So, this. Uh, uh, I guess kind of a homecoming, kind of a swan song for Ishiro Honda. He comes back for his final film in the Showa era. Um, and this is the final film of the Showa era. So uh, this is the debut of Titanosaurus, who actually never appeared in any other film after this, surprisingly enough. He's appeared in video games and whatnot, but uh, he's never appeared in any other medium that I know of. I he has these... Miley's favorite roar, personally. No, no, no! It's it's, it's just like an, it's elephant. like an elephant. It's like an elephant. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. an elephant sound. Oh my yeah. god, I can't stand it! It's just one sample. <laughs> yeah. They just spam it. Yeah, yeah, over and over again. I mean, it's um, this is a step down, I'd say, from oh uh, yes. Mechagodzilla, yes. um, mm -hmm. which is surprising because you you know Ishiro Honda is considered to be like the Scorsese of the Godzilla films, um, but again, not all of his movies were hits. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. For the most part, though, most of them were hits. Um, but I mean, this is a step down. 
but Titanosaurus is kind of a cool design, but he's not yeah. really a he's not really a villain though. He, he just he, again gets controlled by the evil aliens who are back. Yeah. The simians are back. Yeah. Um, and this time they're wearing like aluminum spacesuits instead. You know. And anyways, the the plot whatever. I mean, it's just another vehicle for Kaiju to mm. fight. Uh, Mechagodzilla does not feel anywhere near as threatening as he was in the first movie. Um, and it, it's bittersweet. This is, uh, you know, at the time, no one knew that this was going to be the final Godzilla movie for mm. however long. But as Steve was alluding to, with each subsequent film that was coming out, they were getting diminishing returns at the box office and the budgets right. were getting slashed. They were not getting as much money. So Toho was kind of scrambling. They're like, what happened to our Golden Goose Godzilla? Why is he not a box office draw anymore? And I mean, there's a multitude of reasons you could probably speculate as to what was going on, but this came to a head where Toho basically rode Godzilla off into the sunset and they weren't really sure what they were going to do with him. Some people thought he was never going to come back. Um, you know, no, nobody knew um, until the next era, which, uh, you know, you, you will talk about. But that is the Showa era, a, a big, I mean, this is a, this is the granddaddy that started it all. And like what Steve an epic presentation, man. You know, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I'll have the PowerPoint slides ready for you next time. But Perfect. Uh, I want to see that slide deck in my inbox. Uh, 200, 260 <laughs> slides. Yeah. But uh, I hope I hope the visual cues were nice. You know, I again, I do have every film and luckily I got every film when they were first released. I was one of those idiots who was obsessed and, and got it before these things got out of print because that's that's yeah, well, when it paid off because so many it did, of them yeah. became like possible to find you know they do i but, mean some of these like uh, i remember even son of godzilla for a while that dvd was like 300 bucks if you could uh if it's you like i don't even want somewhere. that movie but i have i, I, sh- I got I it. it i got it at best buy <laughs> right. when if i got it at best buy when it first came out i think it was 25 bucks something like that um which mm. again for a godzilla movie that's cheap yeah, that is dirt yeah. cheap, but yeah, the Showa era again. It, a lot of debuts, a lot of kaiju, a very inconsistent tone. You know, you start off with this very serious, very academic, acad- academic movie that is considered to be one of the greatest uh, of all time, right. and then it does everything, uh, good yep. and bad, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But the, the the Godzilla franchise and kaiju <clears throat> history would not be what it is without the groundwork that the Showa era. And not just Godzilla films, just kaiju uh, films in general. Uh, that template that they set, so they they stepped and they leaped, so the other eras could run. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, it's unprecedented. This fifteen movie series in any movie that you you know movie series that you think of to have fifteen films that are considered you know part of one kind of collective thought process like you said they changed so much but godzilla was really able to fill so many different needs for toho whether it was a family movie or a serious you know commentary piece or you know something more severe like versus mecha godzilla uh but yeah i mean you know it was an amazing way for this character to start in really just like that in and of itself is a legacy you don't even they could have stopped you know all the other eras and that would have been significant enough for all history um but the show definitely went on. It kept going on. And much like this show right here, this show also continues on. But uh, that was 
a majestic presentation and an awesome discussion about all things Shoa. So thank you so much, Aldo, to do that. And uh, and so what we're going to do is we are going to actually break here. We're going to do the Octopod and we'll come back with the other three eras. Uh, well, three plus eras uh, after the break. Um, so we are going to pivot. We are going to go to our octoponder this question which i posted today because i almost forgot because today is a monday which is not a normal recording day but i remembered <laughs> and some of you answered and we love it so i asked the question very simply not getting crazy here what is your favorite godzilla movie there's so many to choose from always love hearing what people uh, think of as their favorite. So um, we are going to ponder that question ourselves. We've already answered a little bit. Uh, and then we are going to go on a short break and come right back. So stay tuned. Hey kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Talking With, My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dorkening Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Do you like retro video games? 80s and 90s toys and have a love for nostalgia. Hi, I'm Russ Lyman. What's up, guys? I'm Jay, the NES addict. Welcome to the Weekly Warp Pipe. Jump into the Warp Pipe with us and go back to revisit all the awesome things from our childhood. That's right. Every week we discuss something new like the hardest NES games. Or what it's like to get prizes out of cereal boxes. What our top 10 toys were. <laughs> Battle Beast. No, dude. It was Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Cowabunga. So be sure to check out theweeklywarpipe.com for more info. You join us every Saturday at 7 a.m. for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or catch the video version on YouTube at the Weekly Warpipe channel. That's the Weekly Warpipe every Saturday at 7 a.m. The Weekly Warpipe. Uh, hi everyone, this is Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater, and also the Mads are back, and you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Um, wow, that sounds dirty, but uh, okay. The worst we can find. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Alrighty, welcome back aboard, everyone. Before we took that break, I asked you to tell us what your favorite Godzilla movie is. So, 
we're gonna we're gonna answer that question first. Uh, Aldo, we we know yours, so you'll go first. Yeah, I mean, do I need to show and tell still? Uh, where is it? Oh, oh I got it. You're good. So yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalon. I mean, uh, yep. no question. I totally biased. Uh, I I'll, I'll scream it to the moon and, and <laughs> yell it on a cliff. Um, it's the first core memory I have of anything Godzilla or anything film. I mean, I love movies, and I attribute a lot of that passion to whatever I experienced that first time around seeing this when I was either four or five. Um, again, this is schlocky Showa at its peak. This is mm -hmm. just, you know, okay, the, the plot is whatever, but it's just the, the monster, the kaiju fights are just so fun. I mean, it's got fucking pro wrestling moves in there for whatever reason. Just why? Why not? Why not, baby? I mean, you know, it's got Jet Jaguar. It's got Gigan. It's got Megalon. It, Jet Jaguar has a fucking theme song. Uh, Godzilla has a theme song. Uh, you know, they fight in the same set. That's this, like, a wasteland that has been used in so many things. But who cares? It's just fun. It is. Um, it is and fun. maybe there's a director's cut floating around where Steve, you know, the kid drowns in the in the little toilet. Of <laughs> that, that that <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep Pope alive on that one. You know, keep we're, we're going to we're going to scour the Toho archives and see. Really, what, I just uh, need to see the Japanese language. That's all. It's just yeah, he's out. nowhere near as annoying. But yeah, I'm sure that, he's and, not. The English right. dub of the boy, and and you it's, know, oh, it's it's so another it really another is. fun so fact good. about this movie, real quick. So obviously, Toho is all about cutting budgets, right? So one of the things is uh, this movie was filmed in the middle of the daytime, but there are move there's scenes that are supposed to take place at night. So literally, all they did was slap a blue piece of film over the camera to emulate try to emulate night, and it's it's really bad. Um, but again, yeah, a million you know, ways to do it. They yes. they won't they won't notice. You know, nope. but yeah, nope. no, nobody will bat an eye at that. That'll be fine. Why is Godzilla not selling so well? Um, who knows? Uh, all right, so so let's uh hop on over to Mr. Nintendo. I know your pants are down, but put them back on. By <laughs> my pants yeah. are never on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, my, my favorite Godzilla is uh actually one of my picks for tonight. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna have to be Tokyo SOS. I'll explain awesome. a little bit more while I talk yeah. about the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't got to get deep into right. it right now. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a hell of a film. Uh, sweet. Uh, Parasite Steve, what about you? So I think I'm the only one who's going to pick a favorite movie that does not fall under my jurisdiction for the evening. So mm -hmm. uh, my favorite uh, era is the Heisei era, but that's not what I'm presenting tonight. Um, and I do, I like I said earlier, there is like quality like i i judge godzilla movies on two scales so okay what is the best godzilla movie that's gojira that's the original yeah um, yes it is that is the only one that is high art um by far it is incredibly somber poignant beautiful uh it, it's the only one that gets to call itself art everything else well high art everything else is just goofy fun Lord. in different shades and uh and so of aside from the original the original is the best but is it my favorite is it my favorite one to watch no it's not necessarily my nah, favorite man one it, to doesn't, watch. it doesn't have the cool monsters so i like the cool monsters 
Um, it's really hard. It's really hard to pin it down to yeah. one. And if you ask me like, you know, tomorrow it might change and everything. And it, it does kind of break my heart to not pick a Mechagodzilla film because every Mechagodzilla film, except for terror is in my top, you know, five or six, but <sighs> I'm going to say 1995's Godzilla versus Destroyer. Um, this was the final film in the Heisei sequence era series whatever um <laughs> i think that destroy is easily one of the best monsters that they ever came up with he also has uh an evolution so we get to see like four different forms of him and um and then what's great about him is he grows so he starts out being like the size of something that could menace people and right. then the size that could menace a tank and then now that you know he ends up being big enough to you know, punch Godzilla in the mouth, you know, in the right in the mouth. <laughs> mouth. You could bonk him on the head. He's like big. Punch Boop. right He's in the mouth. He's taller than him. Um, yeah, just bonk him on the mouth. But um, yeah, so so anyway, like this movie is is awesome. I, I love this movie. I, I think it's really well paced. Um, it never it never drags for me um, because there's so many different forms. You know, we get to see the humans doing all sorts of different stuff. We don't usually get to see them do. Um and uh, honestly, it's the culmination of the Heisei series, which had a decent amount of continuity. And uh, we have followed, I think the heart of that continuity is the little Godzilla, which is on Aldo's shirt, um, the, 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 the successor to Minya. And he is a worthy mm -hmm. successor. Little Godzilla or Godzilla Jr. is uh, adorable and great and not at all annoying he's nothing like minya whatsoever and i like him a lot um and i i think it's really cool and this one is the first time we see him like in the adult stage he's still not quite as tall as dad right. as daddy-o but like you know he's uh he he's, he's looking like his his adult form though he's pretty he's like in his teenage dad. years he's, yeah, yeah he's like yeah, yeah he's kind of like a teen yeah he's got like a he, teenage beam you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got a teenage dream beam Teenage um, dream. <laughs> and the end of this movie is unfucking believable. Oh, it's fucking insane. I mean, so you so get the epic. concept of, you know, Godzilla as an organism has a fatal flaw, which is that, yeah, you know how we always say he has atomic breath? Well, it's because he's actually like, you know, basically a walking Chernobyl. And uh, you know what? You know what Chernobyls do? Well, they go nuclear and bad stuff mm -hmm. happens. So that's pretty much what's going to happen to Godzilla just because of the nature of his biology. It's he's not supposed to exist. He's not a natural thing. He's radiated. He's been mutated. He's, you know, gonna he has an expiration date and it is it is up. So in this movie, he is known as Burning Godzilla. He's uh, glowing orange for the entire time. And uh, it is an amazing look for the character. Very, very cool. He's got orange eyes, orange heat just glowing through his chest. So, and like his smoke coming out of him. Yeah, the yeah, steam, coming, steam his, coming out of him. What an, what an incredible awesome. suit. What an incredible suit. I mean, just really, absolutely It's amazing. And that, the in actor the, in the suit was like having a hard time breathing because that I stuff bet. that was yeah. coming out was like filling the suit. He passed out like three times filming. Oh, it's it's crazy. insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. So you have you have like, you know, Destroya, who is easily one of the best Godzilla creatures, in my opinion. Yeah. Be best foes ever in the Pantheon. 
Um, and he's only ever been in the one movie, which is kind of special too. It's kind of neat. Um, just he's just a one-off, but he's such a memorable one-off. Like instead of ending it on you know Ghidra again or something, it's like no, we already did Ghidra in this in the Heisei series. Let's do something different. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I mean, then you have all the stuff going on with little Godzilla being you know tween Godzilla and his dr- his dream beam, and then you know we have Burning Dad. He's his burning dad is just in a bad, bad way. And uh, and in the end, guess what happens? Well, he freaking melts down. It happens and we get to see it. And it's awful. It's terrible. He freaking if if, if you don't break down crying seeing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's like even though Godzilla is not a hero in the Heisei films. Right. right? Um, But I mean, the way they show that, I mean, like. It messes me up just as oh, much as seeing Optimus it's, it's Prime unreal. die in, in, in the yeah, yeah, it's, movie. It's like it's unreal. It, I I will turn into a sobbing mess. It is yeah. it is it's tough to watch. So, yeah, he, yeah uh, Joe. I don't so know if you if you've seen this movie all the way through or if you've seen it at all, but like in the end, like literally, you see him melt down and he melts and he's still alive. He's huh. like still alive and he's like still making noise and his eyes are gone. He's me- his he's melting, and he's oh, wow. you know part of his skeleton is showing. They have a figure of it. They Neca do. Did it's, a, it's I think it was Neca that did the figure. Um, but goddamn, is it is it insane? I mean, like what a, never, what a way to end an era. Because again, yeah. much like Showa, like they didn't know what they were going right. to do with the franchise yeah. next. Then, right? I mean, if, if you were going to tie it up in a bow, that was the way to do it. I yeah. Mean, yep. So I, 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 for those reasons, I'm gonna pick Destroya uh, for today. Uh, ask Wait, me don't, don't, you, don't that. you mean Desatoroya? Desatoroya. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Oh, it's a hell of a pick. I mean, you know, no, no surprise there. Um, awesome. So I will go with. It is so hard to choose, but uh, yeah, definitely something from Heisei. And I, I kind of waffle back and forth. I'm currently wearing a Batra shirt, so you know my heart lies with Godzilla versus Mothra. But I have to give it to Godzilla versus Violante. That movie mm-hmm. is incredibly awesome. It yep. has just a ton going for it, and uh, you know I'll, I'll get into that and stuff with my whole Heisei era thing coming up. But uh, you know, leave that there. It's an awesome movie. And uh, we're going to go over to the Retroids and hear what you guys had to say before we carry on with this jolly little journey. Uh, So starting things off, uh, unfortunately, I hate how Facebook does comments. They like to show me the best comments instead of just all of them. Uh, So with all of the comments selected, we have Matt McIrvin, who says 1954 Gojira all the way. Uh, Aside from that, my favorite of the others is probably Destroy All Monsters because so many monsters. The epitome of the silly late Showa era monster slugfest. Absolutely, it is great, great choices. Uh, Colleen says this is the hardest question of all time because all of them, all of them, even that one, which I assume is the ninety-eight one. But for me, it will always be Godzilla, King of the Monsters, because of Mothra and her sacrifice. Also, Mothra's movies are freaking adorable. Mothra rules. That's. Uh, Sorry, parents. <laughs> don't, don't, mean, don't mean to butcher your uh, your your masterpiece. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, he's not listening to the show. Yes. Well, 
for for a lot of reasons. Mm. Uh, so Kevin Kex Hayes says, "Oh, Claude Jesus." The question is hard, but the three that pop into my head are Hedora, Destroy All Monsters, and Biolante. Of course, then I end up swapping them all around. Yeah, dude, I agree hard on those three choices. Mm -hmm. Those are excellent picks. Uh, and yeah, then we have Phil Conti, who says, My favorite movies are the ones with multiple monsters, like Destroy All Monsters or Godzilla versus Megalon. Man, it's like we all are on the same fucking wavelength here. It is so true, right? More monsters is more fun. More flags, more fun. Six flags, mm -hmm. they understand. How many flags you got in six? Right. If right. you had six it's flags, that's cool. If you had right. ten, I'd like it better. Uh, he also says that I have a guilty pleasure in seeing Godzilla show up in other forms of pop culture like Pee-wee's Big Adventure and One Crazy Summer. Also pretty fun. Hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> PJ Rahal, our pal, says the next one, as in I love them all, but I'm always eagerly anticipating the next one to see where the story goes. Great answer. Yeah. And the next one in this case is minus one, and I do not think any of us are going to be let down. Oh yeah, it looks really. The, the good. hype is real. Yes, it is. The mm -hmm. hype is real. It looks so good, dude. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, we are we are very grateful for your answers, and for those of you who still want to participate, you can find us on Facebook, and you can participate in the post that I posted. If you scroll, you'll see it. It's somewhere. Uh, also, you can reach us at redoctopus at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review or a rating on our host site. Just search Pinecast Retro Redoctopus. So thank you, everyone, for those awesome ponderings. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Let's keep going. We have a lot of ground to cover, and we're going to cover it, goddammit. So what is after the Showa era? Well, we've said it a few times. It's the Heisei era. Hey! say uh 1984 to 1995 and uh this this era is is pretty massive uh for me it's 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 monumental in in importance uh so um it is to me quintessential time period for godzilla as far as what i watched you know what kind of like really i latched onto hard megalon was definitely one of the first movies i saw but the creatures and the interactions and stuff going on in the heisei era were just amazing um this era was characterized by some unique plot structures monsters that have evolving forms and plot through lines including uh the ever-present character across every godzilla movie in this era the telepathic girl miki segusa played by megami odaka uh she's literally in every movie in this generation mm -hmm. no other character has that distinction she is in the most godzilla films period it's kind of wild it's it's um, even wilder that she's not the hero she's only the hero right. of, of the second to last one she's just supporting cast yep it's such yep. an they're just like concept. world building we're gonna but, have but a she's, she's, the, she's the hero in our hearts she Absolutely. is she, yep. she it really is the queen of kaiju i mean she yeah. really uh like you said continuity is something that Godzilla's never really known for but Heisei actually did make an attempt to have have right. that uh, you know continuity in their films and she was yeah she was the anchor she was yeah. the soul of those films yeah, yeah it was it was, it was really her and then we got that. when we got to little Godzilla he became the second through line that we could follow right. but yeah like she was there from the beginning yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, Godzilla throughout this period has my favorite design. Uh, appears almost cat-like with the little ears, yeah. and he loses the whites of his eyes. You know, they really, the designers were like, we want to take out that human element. They felt yep. like the whites of the eyes were like too humanistic. Um, it's got Godzilla brown eyes now. I love it. I love yeah, his eyes. Yeah, this, looks, uh, looks so this, cool. Very bestial. Yeah, he's my favorite. And, uh, you know, perhaps a bit thick, you know, with two Cs. But this oh, Godzilla's thunderous <laughs> thigh department definitely gave the creature mass and presence that helped to distinguish it from the wrestling move prone human-esque late Showa era appearances. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just appreciate the hell out of it. You know, dump truck button all, let's go. Like This was this was the uh, the Brazilian Godzilla. This is the... Uh, <laughs> you know. Right. For sure. This Eyes Godzilla. all day. Mm -hmm. This is the that... Pixar mom Godzilla. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter's mom from Dexter's Lab, you know, whatever. Insert card. Oh, yeah. Actually, mom's had butts, dude. Um, so this era actually gained momentum in earnest after 1984's Return of Godzilla. Uh, Return of Godzilla was westernized as Godzilla 1985 with Raymond Burr added. And uh, that movie was kind of meant to be the triumphant return of Godzilla. But the climate of the movies at the time were not giving a ton of confidence. Uh, King Kong Lives had actually bombed in the United States. And so there was some trepidation about should Godzilla continue? Was Return of Godzilla a false start? Um, and so it would actually be five years after Return of Godzilla that I feel like the Heisei series really starts in mm. earnest. Um, yeah. Technically, even, it's interesting that Return of Godzilla in the Japanese release, it was produced still during the Showa era, um, but it's often just lumped in with the Heisei era of films because of just how it feels. Um, but technically, Japan was still in the Showa era when that movie came out. So it's sort of like a weird kind of like limbo bridge movie between the two. Well, and there is I mean, it does end with him going into vo the volcano and Biolante starts with him coming out of the volcano. So there is there is that. Right. So like so like, yeah, so Biolante will pick that up. But like at the time that that came out, it was almost like they, they were like testing the water. You know, right. Like, it does feel we, like an it's on an island. It's like it almost yeah. feels like it should be grouped with, you know, Shin Godzilla in the the weird ones with no homes. Yeah, just like but over there. It's more Heisei because of that, I guess, but I see what you're yeah. saying. It was technically yeah. still Showa. I, I think I right. think it came to a point where Toho even just acknowledged it and just grouped it as Heisei. Because you know, they, they would never do the eras, but I think uh, even with like the advent of Shin Godzilla, when they would do their promotional, because they did like all these promotional things in Japan, where they would have all the movie posters, and they grouped Return of or Return of Godzilla with all the other Heisei films. So mm -hmm. you know, I think even they acknowledge like it's just it's part of this group of films, right? Um, right. You know, so it, because it certainly <laughs> feels more in line. Oh yeah, yeah, Noah. yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is this is. But it does feel very unique, and and Godzilla looks yeah. very unique. Very unique. He, he never he's, he's, he never looks like this again. He has very he's an outright very, bad guy. You know, very fangy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's fangs. got the fangs. And they also made like the uh, the animatronic robot for the close-ups with the with the moving eyes and mm -hmm. the eyelids and all that. Yep. Um, and uh, you know uh, the, the the song that plays at the very end is, is a tearjerker too. Uh, yeah, when, I don't know why uh, the, the love theme it's called, um, and it's just these girls singing like "Take care now, Godzilla, take care now, Godzilla, my old friend." 
<laughs> Sayonara till we meet again. Just, I saw this I movie when it first came out on uh, on on video, and it was because I was so pestering my parents to get me anything Godzilla. I'm like, I just and is there anything else? Because I had the the tapes I had, and I remember um, my dad was like, "Oh, you know, you know, they there's a new one." He's like, "Let's, you want to see Godzilla? Let's see the new one. Forget the old ones, because they didn't have high opinions of them." And and I remember we rented it. And uh, it was so much darker than I was anticipating. And I was legitimately choked up at the end to the point where I didn't want to like, you know, you know, you get that to that point where you don't want to say anything because, you know, yeah, you're, you're like, I'll cry. Crying. I'm going to break. Yeah. Well, because like, you hear Godzilla's roar in when he falls in a volcano. It, it's crying in pain. Yeah, like, it's, it, super, it's a different roar. Yeah, it's super sad. And he is really evil in that movie. Yeah. So you yeah. should be yeah, happy yeah. about it. But it's like, no, that was going too far. Because you also knew Godzilla before, you know, mm -hmm. even if this isn't meant to be that same exact Godzilla, it's like, oh, you've you've traveled so far with Godzilla from Showa. Yeah. And then, you know, for that movie, it's like, you, you know, you do feel sad. Yeah. And of, it is like they bring him back after all this gap, this gap of years, just to kill him off again. It's just right. like, it, it's like a gut yeah. punch, you know? And, and yeah. Yeah. Like that, that scene gets me. And for whatever reason, that the love song, which, why is there a love song for Godzilla in the first place? But it just, <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics, it's like you, the viewer, are also saying goodbye to Godzilla. So, you know, it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's sadly, it's surprisingly emotional. Yeah, and I think, you know, they were clearly unsure of how Godzilla stood at this point after so many years. So they were making this movie as like a, it's his return, but it's also a return to him as like the one-off villainous Godzilla, uh, you know, throwing back to 54. And by ending it the way that they did, they're like, if this doesn't do great, we can just call it a day. Like we can just be done hmm. here and not keep going. So it's sort of just kind of, and, and then, you know, if it is a, a success or whatever, uh, you can always find a way to write, you know, like we said with raids again, mm -hmm. it's like Godzilla just got uh, atomized. It's like, no, no, it's fine. He's back. Um, so same He's kind of frozen in there. ice. <laughs> it's like... yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was oxygen destroyed. Right. So, uh, so uh, anyway, he had no so more oxygen movie, left. Yeah. It was, it was all, all gone. It was gone. It was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was destroyed. Just destroyed. Look at that. You're bringing it back. You're giving Toho ideas now. Look at that. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, so Return of Godzilla, you know, whatever. That's uh, that's kind of like its own thing. But as a footnote for this movie, the original screenplay uh, featured a monster called Bagan, not Baragon, but Bagan, a multiformed sacred beast monster that had a marine monkey, dragon and devil form. That would ultimately be scrapped and uh, not done at all due to cost. And over the years would try to be fit into a variety of different movies and just never actually see the light of day. I've heard that um, name. Wasn't he one in, in one of the games or something? Yeah. So let me finish. Uh, so Bagan would, however, be realized as the final boss of the video game Super Godzilla for the Super Nintendo. Oh. And uh, yeah. That's not the only time we're going to hear about Super Godzilla tonight uh, in this presentation. Believe it or not. I know where he's going that. with that. Hey, I know hey. Where he's going. hey, hey. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, carrying right along, the Heisei era truly, truly begins in 1989, where we start getting some really consistent releases from Toho, uh, with starting with Godzilla versus Biollante. Um, you know, this movie is was 
you know, people were asked what your favorite Godzilla movie was, Toho fans, and by and large, a lot, majority of fans said Godzilla versus Biollante was like one of, was their top favorite uh, whenever the survey was done. And uh, it's, it's a great movie. You know, you have uh, Godzilla fighting a gigantic plant monster that goes through multiple forms born from the remains of a scientist's dead daughter who decides to plant this, you know, rose in, in, in her remains that are like a soil and then combine the cells of Godzilla and it grows this flower and it like takes on some of her thought process and shit. And it just sort of starts to grow and evolve over the course of the movie. And you get like easily one of the, the greatest Godzilla monsters ever in, in Biollante, especially the final beast form which just has like the most impressive puppeteering oh yeah like that and mothra from tokyo sos are like the two most impressive like puppeteered you know orchestrated creatures Mm -hmm. i feel like they just look so legitimate and you're you're talking just like sheer scale right it just completely eclipses godzilla in height and outside of Ghidorah and destroyer you're not you don't really see that with with kaiju enemies and Biolante. Right. I mean, I remember one. I think the the Japanese poster for the VHS release was that image where Biolante is trying to eat Godzilla from above, and it's just completely towering over Godzilla. Yep. And that is such so a, a such a rare sight. How the hell they managed to build that suit and get that to work is a, a feat. And it looks my it looks so yeah. it's immaculate. So, oh, it is so immaculate. It looks yeah. so good. I mean, pyrotechnics so and everything. Yeah. It's just, oh yeah. my god! It just doesn't yeah. look like a suit. It just looks like a real creature. It's it's yeah. Insane. So they they built it on Biolante wheels and uh, unreal. The 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 scene where Biolante charges at Godzilla and you see it like rushing towards him. So the Biolante suit was built on wheels and there were thirty two puppeteers that were manning the tentacles and all various different parts of Biolante to make that Jeez. scene happen. Um, incredible stuff and really just a, a, an amazing movie. Uh, it's it's got a very cool different vibe for a Godzilla movie too. It's kind of high on like action and espionage. There's like some different kind of people that are all sort of like different governments that are all in on stuff and uh, and I don't know, it's just it's different. It's clearly like got more tribute to Western cinema than what we've seen up to this point with some of the action sequences. Um, and the the movie would also have some uh, some implications towards the movie that I'm gonna spotlight later, which is Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. So that's also really fun. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to kind of go through the movies in this uh, era in a bit of a shorter form than what we did for Shoah. But obviously everyone feel free to chime in where you know you want to. Um, but I have brief blurbs about the, the movies in this one. So 89 was Biolante. In 1991, we have Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Uh, this movie has a wackadoodle plot that goes back and forth and here and there. And eventually, you know, all kind of results in and, you know, everything being settled, but future people time travel to earth. And they're like, Hey, you got a Godzilla problem. We're going to solve that for you. So we're going to go back in time and we're going to swap out the Godzilla Saurus before it gets mutated. And we're going to dump him in the ocean and you don't got to worry about Godzilla anymore. And everyone's like, yeah, that's great. And then they do that. And they're like, ha bait and switch, have some door rats. And they drop these little gold fuzzy bat creatures that we talked about earlier. And, uh, and then they piece out of there. 
and then modern time, you got King Ghidra. And that's a big new problem. It's not better. Uh, but they are hoping that, you know, they're like, hey, we control this thing now. So uh, we own you. Um, but what they weren't planning on is that Godzilla that got dumped in the ocean still got irradiated and became Godzilla because of a Russian nuclear, nuclear sub that was in the same spot. Uh, and so Godzilla exists, kills Ghidra, and then the humans are like, shit, we need to get rid of Godzilla now. So they get Ghidra's remains and they rebuild him better, faster, stronger as Mecha Godzilla. And uh and higher for the faster, baby. Higher yeah. further faster. And uh he defeats Godzilla in the end of it. So it's a lot of like it's a whiplash movie. There's like there's like so much back and forth and stuff going on there. Um but yeah, like Godzilla in this movie is again a problem. You know, he's he's like something that the humans need to solve and they gotta get rid of him. Uh also, the only appearance of Mecha Godzilla, which is you know, uh, not Mecha Godzilla, Mecha King Ghidra, which is awesome. He's such a such a great design. Um, next up, uh, we have 1992's Godzilla versus Mothra, aka Godzilla in Mothra: The Battle for Earth. This movie uh, has my favorite, my personal boy, Batra. Uh, there is some Indiana Jones love in this movie, with the opening sequence being a archaeological, you know kind of daring do guy and he's in there doing his little indiana jones shit and uh so they they kind of go on this expedition they find these cave paintings that depict mothra and her male counterpart batra that protect earth and everyone's like who the hell's batra uh and so batra seems to be evil because batra is attacking people because batra is not meant to save humankind batra's meant to save earth um so basically you start the movie you have you have uh batra and mothra both have larval forms and they have their imago forms so that's like a transformation the last movie you had king ghidra and mecha king ghidra transformation and godzilla saurus to godzilla and obviously biolante had a bunch of forms so they're like we love the forms heisei era all about pokemon evolve these things which is really fun uh, you know it just means more monsters uh more flags more fun um and uh and so mothra and batra end up teaming up after they realize that godzilla is the is the real threat to the earth here uh and so they end up just kind of taking him out and and flying him out to the deep ocean but godzilla bites batra like hard on the neck and kills him and uh and so they both plummet into the ocean and and mothra flies away with like godzilla blood on him and and goes into space and that is also kind of relevant to space godzilla because you know we have we have godzilla cells from from biolante evaporating into space and godzilla cells from mothra flying into space being documented in space so just remember this it's important okay um in space it was in space right in space uh in uh in 1993 you got so like these movies are all one year apart and that's so insane because they're really like there's a lot to them you know they were churning these things out um godzilla versus mecha godzilla 2 uh there is a government group called g-force that builds mecha godzilla from the remains of mecha king Ghidra. That's really cool. That's a cool precedent that they've set. You know, we have 
we have seen Mecha Godzilla before as obviously this alien creature. Um, but for them to be like, you know what, that Mecha King Ghidra was good shit, and you know we're gonna we're gonna repurpose that and and build a Mecha Godzilla out of it uh, because Godzilla's still a problem, and uh, you get baby Godzilla in this movie, yeah, um, and that's really fun, and uh, it's actually God's it's like a Godzilla Saurus egg that was mistakenly raised by uh, Pteranodon, and you get Rodan that comes back. Uh, with a brand new hot ass form in the form of Fire Rodan, so great. Uh, n- new hotness for sure. Steve, you love Fire Rodan. Well, this this is the other choice for my favorite movie. That's not yeah. the original Gojira. It's yeah. always between this one and Destroya. And yes, this is as a Rodan fan, I mm. admit that his suits usually are terrible, but this is definitely my favorite look. To this point, I do think we surpass it in the MonsterVerse, but I think that Firodan is... I mean, the thing about him is he's just a really great pterodactyl, so he's kind of yeah. like an Ibira, you know? Yeah. right. <clears throat> but but uh, Firodan has a has a beam! He's finally got a beam! No, no I mean, I, yeah, I, like, I, I absolutely... I love this movie, and I love Rodan in this movie, and I love that later they reference the thing that Rodan does at the end of this movie, uh in one of one of the movies I get to talk about. Um, yeah. They just, they just gave the job to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what's, what's cool too, actually, is that, so for this movie, they were tired of Rodan looking kind of cheesy um, mm. because it was always a costume. So they made all the Rodan shots are all props, puppets, or animatronics. There is no man in a suit for any of the Rodan stuff. So it does it just look, just way doesn't better. need to be. It just no. doesn't. It works. He doesn't better need without... to hop around with a floppy head and like nope. stand like a person. It just doesn't there's make no sense. reason. Yeah. I, I forget which show a movie it is, but there's like where Godzilla and Rodan they're like playing volleyball by tossing a rock around, and they're <laughs> they're just it's like uh, I mean oh, it's man, probably I... Gidra the three headed monster. If <laughs> could be, yeah, and and I think, I think it is. yeah, I think it is when when Mothra's trying to talk to them, and yeah, and just, that's yep. They're mm-hmm. just playing volleyball, and and Rodan's pup, uh, suit is just so bad. I mean, it's so like, it's just, so uh, awful, yeah, so it's awful. Really which is so weird because if you go to the original Rodan movie, the suit is amazing. But so um, was it a suit though? That's the thing, yeah, right. I don't. Yeah, I honestly I, I, don't think it any was. of the flying never, parts. No, yeah, yeah, they were just flying around. I don't think it was ever a guy in a suit. But um, yeah, yeah it's just the the downgrade, right? But yeah, Fire Rodan yeah. is just a really, so, really awesome glow awesome. up. Yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, and uh, and it's neat too because in this movie you have Baby Godzilla because they have that kinship to uh, the Pteranodon nest it came from became Rodan's after <laughs> mutation. And they have like a kinship, so Baby Godzilla uh, convinces Rodan to help Godzilla fight Mecha Godzilla, which is really cool to get the Godzilla and Rodan team up. Um, and uh, and in a, a big, big, awesome finale, Rodan, Fire Rodan sacrifices itself, powers up Godzilla in this like amazing kind of like Phoenix moment, and Godzilla comes back and, and uses this unseen before red atomic breath and uh, is able to annihilate Mecha Godzilla. Uh, with it and that also kind of like starts a uh, it's like a little story through line that you see in a couple other movies in the next two movies actually uh, with this red atomic breath and how Godzilla is like pushing his limits basically Mm -hmm. Um, 
So the next movie is uh, is the one that I did my big pick on. Uh, so this is 1994's Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, and uh, this movie was a movie that Steve and I uh, you, we both watched this quite a while ago, and I remember thinking that it was just kind of blah. It was just kind of boring. It felt really long, and it is really long. It's over two hours. It's like two hours and twelve minutes or something. Um, and so I don't know. I was like, I really wanted to give it a fair shake. I didn't want to just pick another movie that I already knew I really liked. I kind of wanted to give this one another shot. And if I didn't really like it, I wasn't going to choose it. But I ended up really liking it. I ended up coming around on this movie in a big way. Um, so it was directed by Kensho Yamashita and written by Hiroshi Kashiwabara. Uh, the movie has Earth on a collision course with just a strange deep space creature. Not, you know, don't... they. People aren't sure where this came from or what it is. Um, humans of Japan are working on solving their ever-present Godzilla problem, uh, and they have a couple of different options. Uh, there are some folks that are working on Project M, which is to to make a huge new mecha called Mogera. And for those of you who've been along the ride uh, with Toho, Mogera originally made its appearance in the Mysterians as a really dumpy, dopey mole mecha that honestly couldn't do much of anything. And uh, somehow so... was the second boss in the Nintendo game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Why not? Why not? Right. We need him to defeat some more monsters to be the monster of monsters. Uh, I guess Mogera counted. Um, but Mogera, Mogera originally was was named for the Japanese word for mole, but they changed this name in this movie a little bit to be spelt differently. It's M-O-G-U-E-R-A, and it stands for the very, very roll-off-the-tongue acronym of Mobile Operations Godzilla Universal Expert Robot Aerotype. I mean, that's what I was. Three times fast. That's what I was thinking. You know, I saw that name and I'm like, I bet it stands for that. Yeah, I bet. Um, So so yeah, so there's some people who are building Mogera to fight and defeat Godzilla, and then there's also Project T, which uh, wants to implant a telepathic communicator onto Godzilla and use it uh, to telepathically control Godzilla with our girl Miki Saigusa, the ever-present reoccurring psychic. In all of these movies, this is finally the movie where she really gets to take a pretty center stage role, and uh, and it's awesome. Uh, I feel like it's it's a cool you know moment to get to see her from when you first met her. See you know that she's kind of grown up now. She's matured. She's gotten a lot of empathy for Godzilla. She is the ever present character who is always, despite Godzilla fucking shit up all the time. She's always empathetic to Godzilla. And uh, in this movie, I think it's really, it feels the most justified that she to be th- as empathetic as she is. Um, she also gets to show off telekinetic powers. Like she gets kidnapped by the Yakuza partway through the movie who want to just use her telepathic powers to control Godzilla. And, uh, and so she gets rescued, but she also like lifts the bed that she's strapped to with her mind. And it's like, okay, that's fucking cool. I I don't even care if it's like random or whatever. I I love that. I think that's super neat. Um, Can anyone do their best uh, impression of her when she, because don't her earrings like, like magnetically fly yeah, around. Yeah, her <laughs> earrings like blow and they like fly for they're like bing, and they're like, you know, always moving and shit. Um 
yeah so so they uh they are like okay we got this thing coming towards earth we have to deploy mogera and uh we're gonna just look we're gonna go see what this thing is mogera was not built for this he was built to fight godzilla but they go and, and check him out and they find that it's this thing flying at them covered in crystals and they uh they dub it they dub it later on space godzilla because mogera takes a sample of it uh and they find out that it has the exact same cells as godzilla which i love that shit i love when the movies get a little sciencey it's really fun um and so they're like so we believe that godzilla's cells were introduced to space from either they never say which one they say it's either from biolante's cells and the g cells in it getting evaporated up into space or from Mothra bringing G-cells from his battle with Batra up into space. And that the cells must have gone through a black hole, and they must have exited a wormhole, or a white hole, I should say, and uh, and gotten mutated along the way. And, and that's kind of all you need to know. But honestly, I love that so much. It's like one of my favorite origins for a monster, because it's that through line. It's that connective tissue that Godzilla didn't have up until this era. And even if it's not that big of a deal, it's just really fun. It's really fun world building and makes it feel significant to have seen the other movies. And you're just kind of like, yeah, man, I'm along for the ride. Like, I- I'm following this shit. Whatever. I don't care if it's like dumb science. It's fine. Um, so that's super fun. And uh, and there's actually another thread that gets tied in from Biolante as well. Because there's a character in Space Godzilla called Yuki. And he's this like super tired military vet guy whose only deal is he wants to just get revenge on Godzilla and kill him because he killed his best friend, uh, Goro Gondo. And Goro Gondo is one of the Marines in Biolante who gets totally demolished by Godzilla. And you see the scene where he like gets cool. crushed cool and he falls through the floor. There. Really cool. So Yuki's whole deal is he's just pissed off because one because his best friend got killed by Godzilla and he doesn't really have a lot to live for you know he doesn't have any other family and stuff. So uh, his character I think is one of the strongest arcs of a character going from hating Godzilla to making peace with him by the end of the film and has a lot of bumps in the road along the way and I I appreciate the hell out of his journey. Um, there's a great scene at the end of the movie where he's actually or middle to the end where he's tasked with piloting Mogera uh, with two other guys to actually go help Godzilla defeat space Godzilla. And as they're flying Mogera to find space Godzilla, Yuki's at the helm. He sees Godzilla and he actually changes course and flies directly at him and just starts shooting the shit out of Godzilla with, with whatever Mogera has. And the other two guys that are with him are like, what are you doing? Like, dude, no, I thought we were past this. Like, you, you, we are not here to fight Godzilla. We have to defeat Space Godzilla. And so one of the co-pilots goes over and just, like, punches him hard in the back of the head and knocks him out and throws him in the back seat and is like, okay, you know, whatever, I, I don't have a choice. You, you know, you force my hand and just takes the controls from him and is like, we are helping Godzilla. We are not fucking out here to fight him. And, uh, and then, you know, when he comes to, he's like, he's like, all right, fine. I concede. I, you know, I, I don't want, he's like, he's like, I'll just go pilot the thing upstairs and uh, I'll go do that by myself. So I don't get knocked out again. And, you know, he just kind of, he, grows and over the course of the final confrontation he changes and it's like this is a really well written character it's it's cool i think a lot of people say this movie has too much stuff going on and it, and maybe it does 
But I think like it's also a Godzilla movie that if you're just kind of like watching it and taking everything in and, and really keeping up with it, I feel like it's doing stuff that's really admirable. And it's it's kind of cool to see that. Um, so I don't know. I, I really like that. Also, I think this movie has the most significant contribution of the humans in a battle against a monster like in like probably most Godzilla movies, because most human stuff, there's like they got their tanks, they got their planes, they don't do jack shit. Um, when you have later on, there's you know some forms of Mecha Godzilla that are totally substantial for sure. But Mogera does work, and clearly they like felt bad or something that Mogera sucked so much ass in the Mysterians, <laughs> and they're like, we're bringing him back. We want yeah. people to want to buy the toy of Mogera. Like <laughs> that's that's like what happened here. So Mogera in this movie, <clears throat> I I I really like him. I've always liked mole creatures. I think this version of Mogera does look so infinitely much better, and I do like him a lot. Uh, so they gave him the ability to kind of turn into two forms too more ev- more evolving shit um so mogera you know has his normal form he can fly he has all these drills and shit but he can also split in half uh which you don't know until they until they just go and do it so when yuki goes upstairs he pilots like the the type a version of it which is uh uh it's oh i i wrote it down in it oh yeah it's called the star falcon and it's just like a flying part of it. And then the bottom half of Mogera becomes like a drill tank called Land Mogera. And uh, and they do work, dude. Like Space Godzilla is huge threat. Like he he's flying over the city. He's flying into Fukuoka. He's just shooting electricity everywhere, destroying shit. And when Space Godzilla lands in the city, he just terraforms the entire thing into like this alien landscape. It just becomes this like crystals covering everything and the main central tower in Fukuoka is totally overrun, uh, like overcovered and everything. And he's using it as like conduits and Godzilla's breath just bounces off of it. it like he has like this like active shield that blocks the the stuff. And uh, when Mogera splits up like that, they destroy the tower. They destroy the big major conduit by drilling underground and destabilizing it that way. And then the flying uh, ship kind of shooting missiles and stuff and getting rid of it. And it's like, they totally helped Godzilla defeat to- Space Godzilla. Totally. They totally do that. Oh. So, like, that's, that's really major. That That's like a big deal, because so often the humans just feel like they can never do anything worthwhile. And I, I yeah. love that they kind of, they built that in for these characters. Um, there's also, this movie has the evolution of baby Godzilla. You have little Godzilla who's super adorable, like genuinely the cutest shit ever. So that's who's on Aldo's shirt, is little Godzilla. And and he's just so freaking cute. And, you know, you're immediately like, you feel so much for this this baby Godzilla because even the hardened war criminal, like, not war criminal, but like, you know, war vet uh, Yuki is like kind of on the island that that little Godzilla is on and is like not actively trying to kill him or anything like he's he's even melted his heart a little bit um and space godzilla takes him hostage you know cover like just completely encases him in these crystals and stuff and so you have godzilla's motivation like right there that godzilla is staunchly trying to defend and protect little godzilla and the you know when space godzilla lands on earth he's like going for blood like he is full-on attacking little godzilla 
and Godzilla's trying to protect him and everything, and then he gets lifted up by Space Godzilla's got like these telepathic, I think they call it like the telepathic tornado or something. It's kind of weird because it doesn't look like a tornado at all. Um, he just lifts him up and puts him in this crystal prison. And uh, and yeah, so you're like, Godzilla in this movie, finally, even though there's all these things that they're trying to do to stop you know, Godzilla, uh, he, you, you feel like you feel some affinity for him. You're like, wow, you know, like you kidnapped this, you got this little little Godzilla taken away, and uh, and so you really kind of are like on Godzilla's side for once in this era to try and get get him to win the day. And uh, I don't know, man. I think that this this movie definitely is worth a second watch. It's worth kind of going through again if you weren't a fan of it the first time. And if you're not a fan of it the second time, I, I get that. You know, people probably would say, why didn't they just use Mecha Godzilla instead of Mogera? And maybe Mogera does honestly way too much and that Godzilla doesn't actually get to do enough in this movie that like Mogera just does so much. He's so significant. And that's totally fair criticism. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think this movie is pretty cool. I, I, I think it's it's way better than I remember. And it is way less boring than I remember. There's just a lot going on. And, that's cool. You know, it's like you got to no, keep I'm up. I'm glad you and... liked it more the second time. I haven't seen it since we watched it back in the day. And like the criticism for Mogera, like I am one who loves to see the old stuff get referenced. I right. would love, you know, I would have loved to see Amanda or not, not Amanda, <laughs> a singular not, Amanda, but a <laughs> Manda <laughs> appear. Um, or Varen or something like that. Like any of those, any of those obscure ones from the, the random Toho films, like, you know, that's, that's super great. I do think it is weird that they gave Mogera the exact job that they just gave one movie earlier, Mechagodzilla. I think that is what makes it extra weird. Right. Like if it, I think he still should have been the tool of, you know, some, some aliens or something. Cause they didn't really do that in the, in the Heisei period. There were no like aliens that were, you know, you know, menacing Earth, which is good that they were getting away from it. But I don't know. I think that's sort well, of what the few like the Futurians mm. are like the closest you got with versus King Ghidra. Like they're, they're not technically aliens. They're just supposed to be for the future. future people. Right. Yeah. But like it's similar. that you're right. That does. So. So there you go. That would have been you a perfect yeah. thing to put Mogera in with. But yeah. Anyway. It's it's yeah. definitely and, fun, and that's totally valid criticism. Like I, I read that they were like, yeah, we just they wanted to sell toys. Like, like Godzilla was hugely successful because of also its merchandise sales. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, we can make a new thing and and sell more toys. We can't make we can't sell new toys if we just do Mecha Godzilla again. I don't know whatever the hell their justification is. Um, but yeah, anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's a good movie. I mean, it's one of those things that I remember uh, in like ooh. Uh, 97 98 i remember sci-fi channel used to replay the hell out of this movie um because they used to have like monster weekends and they, they would normally show godzilla over space godzilla on rotation um i remember because I, I would see it at uh at my cousin's house we would just on a random saturday we'd be hanging out and it would always be it always seemed to be godzilla over space godzilla always playing on on sci-fi channel back in the day huh. so it, it definitely got a lot of viewings there and yeah um I mean, Space Godzilla, I think, is a fantastic suit 
Um, yeah. I think he's a really cool design. But, um, you know, uh, as some of you may know, Space Godzilla's design is pretty much from the, the I know you were talking about, you were mentioning this earlier, the Super Nintendo game, uh, Super Godzilla. Yep. Uh, Super Godzilla is pretty much Space Godzilla, with, with a few modifications here and there, but the base design is pretty much there. Um, but he is different, but yet similar enough to Godzilla. But, I mean, those gigantic crystals on it. I mean, he just had a cool look to him. Uh, he did. You know? Uh, really menacing. I, I mean, he didn't really move. He wasn't very mobile. Uh, because he just had so much shit on him, but like design wise, <laughs> like fly like his flying yeah, yeah. was like we have more crystals. But you know? design wise, he was pretty cool. He's um, pretty evil looking. I mean, he really looking, was yeah. very and, cool and, face. And like you said, little Godzilla. I mean, I mean, little Godzilla's appearance is just an homage to the famous uh, Godzilla peeking his head over the cliff from the original movie. Just to this time, he's cute and he's saying hello, humans. You know, <laughs> I, I did love right. that. I did appreciate it, that. Yeah, it, it's it's just uh, you know, little. I mean, little Godzilla's chubby. He's got like a belly. He waddles like a penguin. I mean, he's so adorable. I mean, the idea, of course, was the idea behind Little Godzilla was to appeal to a female demographic. That was the idea, like yeah. to to get merchandise and to get girls, uh, females attracted to the Godzilla franchise. That, that at least that was Toho's intention. But I mean, Little Godzilla's just adorable for anyone. It doesn't so, matter. Um, yep. And I know people hate little I, Godzilla. I like but cute I, shit. I mean, it's Whatever. come on. How and and when you see poor little space Godzilla, little Godzilla in that little bubble and he like uh, <laughs> space Godzilla like puts him away in that little chamber, it's like come on, man. I, I, like, I, don't I do that to that kid. I I fight for him. I I I you know even though I'm an aunt to him, but still you know no it, it's 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 a good movie. Um, I mean I know like you originally said it, it is a little bit long. Now if the movie it's was. Long. If if it had, let's say, twenty minutes cut out of it and it was tightened, I think it would be where it'd be more palatable for repeat viewings. Um, but still, it is uh, again fantastic costume designs. The set designs are pretty good too, especially the whole, yeah. like you said, the whole crystal at the very end. The, the set with the crystal city um, was, was very cool. Super um, cool, and he's like throwing the crystal like spears at him and stuff. It feels yeah. like a final boss. It's like oh, and I I remember uh, Space Godzilla. I think also had some pretty cool camera work where because again, normally Godzilla movies they don't really tend to have dollies where where like uh, the cameras are swir swerving around the, the set. And I remember there are a few instances of Space Godzilla where that happens, like like when you see Space Godzilla flying around, you'll see the camera pan around and swoon with it. You don't really see that much in uh, these Toho movies. Like it, it'll just do quick cuts to different angles. So I don't know if they were like getting their Tarantino on at the time or, or what was going on, but um, it, it had some different camera work too. So it it, it definitely is, I think, a, a, a notable addition in the Heisei era. Um, and again, just some cool designs. And again, for, for better or for worse, Toho was experimenting, dipping their toes in the pond to try to get other demographics invested in the whole kaiju madness. So, right, yeah, I think it just speaks to how strong the rest of the era was. That it, that this movie, I think, is often viewed as the weakest point in the Heisei era, and uh, and the kind of like a black sheep. But yeah, it's like it's not that it's like a bad movie. It's just that all the other movies were maybe just more like like you said, palatable, a little bit shorter, better for repeat viewings kind of thing. And, and I don't know, maybe more fun, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a pretty solid movie, uh, that I had kind of written off. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, wrapping, wrapping things up, uh, afterwards, um, you have, 
uh, I will say that Godzilla defeats Space Godzilla with the red breath again. Uh, you see the red breath come back yes. from Mechagodzilla 2. And when he does it, you can see some of the red light peeking out of his body. And you can tell that it's not as controlled as it was uh, the last time he used it. And it's kind of your, your you know, first real legitimate clue that like, uh, okay, this feels a little bit like unstable, uh, but he annihilates uh, Space Godzilla. And then Steve, as you had said, you know, with your summary of, of Godzilla vs. Destroyer, I won't even touch it. You did a perfect job there. Uh, that movie is is just incredibly awesome, uh, and it you know it has Godzilla melting down the entire time. And so it's like if you've watched the last movie, you know this doesn't feel insane. You know, you see Godzilla melting down, and you're like, shit. You know, I seemed like something was was going on there and uh and it's it's really cool to see burning godzilla you know just kind of rampaging around just uncontrolled and uh and the mm. way that they bring the oxygen destroyer back in to to relate to the the destroyer organisms is just so fucking cool i love that mm. it's such mm. a great callback it's a it's a it's amazingly well done and you know the destroyer crustaceans all have like this like oxygen beam you know this like super concentrated beam that's like kind of channeling that um and uh and yeah i mean the the way that this movie ends like you said is just it's just gut-wrenching um but you do finally get to see the the final realization of godzilla jr all the way up and and he kind of gets a promotion he gets a promotion, oh, yeah. but it's not after it's 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 after he literally dies. <laughs> like Godzilla Jr. gets killed by Destroya, and you're like, oh my god! You know, you've watched the guy grow up through three movies, and you see him die, and Godzilla just goes apeshit, and uh, and it's at that point that Godzilla's you know nuclear meltdown just accelerates tenfold, and he just goes full meltdown mode, and uh, and gets all critical mass and blows the shit out of. Uh, destroy it once and for all and then godzilla jr's lifeless body just absorbs all this radiation all this fallout from godzilla's meltdown just goes into godzilla jr and it actually resurrects him and brings him back and you know you can kind of say okay you know that's that's the legacy of that godzilla and it's like it's such an awesome kind of final thing for this mm-hmm. era to kind of end on it's really cool uh, and I mean, it's it's such an amazing movie. I mean, God, Destroyer's design is incredible. Just like Satan incarnate, and it, it's like it starts like a crab thing. You know, you're like, yeah, oh, where's like it even going? Yeah, it's like a crab dragon. He's so crab unique. Dragon. He's so you. Different. You would never think he turns into that final form. Like you wouldn't right. have ever put the two to two together. You, yeah. you initially you're thinking, oh shit, here's another Dorat situation. You know, like yeah. or like weird thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, they 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 three for a loop, and like you said, it all comes full circle. And you know, it's also that nature uh, allegory where, like, okay, humanity yeah. can take down Godzilla, but nature will find a way to bring a Godzilla back or something right. like it, which is the the you know the resurrection of Godzilla Junior into he's a full adult Godzilla at that very final shot. Um, which that final shot actually is the burning Godzilla suit. They just turned off the uh, LEDs lights. And that's, yeah, they turned off the lights because that suit was already deteriorating pretty hardcore from all that use, which is why they have that light shining and all you see is its shadow because they couldn't really get away. With oh, and the final it. shot, really? The final shot, yeah. Mm. They they couldn't really show it because the suit was like pretty beat, busted. Um, wow. But yeah, so that's so yeah, that's the burning Godzilla suit. Just they they finally turned off the LEDs. 
Um, but again, you can take it as like, yeah, Godzilla, no matter what, you know, like Jeff Copeland said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way, right? Life there's always way. there's always going to be a Godzilla, uh, no matter what. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it, was, it, it was like Toho's way of saying, hey, we don't know if we're going to do any more. Right. At least you know a Godzilla could return or always, always here with us, uh, no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, even, just poetic, like, very cool. It, it it totally is, and that's even something like you got a little bit in versus Ghidorah, where it's like, oh, they tried to change history by moving where Godzilla Saurus was, and it's like, no, he still became Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It was just a different nuclear thing, and it, it it makes Godzilla feel like this inevitable like force of nature, like it's often described as that. It's like it will exist whether you you know whether one thing or another, it'll always come about. So yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, awesome. That's the Heisei era. It's it's an amazing era. I love it to death. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. So I know what we told you at the top of the episode, and I know you're going to say I told you so, and that's fair because you did tell us so, and we already knew that. We we're just fucking with you. So this is a Godzilla episode, the King of Monsters, and this has been an absolutely titanic episode, but we have already set a precedent for doing two-part episodes this season. So we're going to do a two-part episode right here, right now. Uh, we have still for you the Millennium Era, the Monsterverse slash Legacy Era, the Reiwa Era to go through. And that's all stuff that we want to take our time with. So we are just going to do that as a separate episode. And we're going to wrap this first part up for you right now with our B segment for it. And then we're going to just going to kind of just head on out of here so you guys can all get to bed and go to work or whatever you're doing. If you're sitting in your car, you can stop sitting in your car. Um, so yeah, just let gonna... them out of their car. Just <laughs> get out of the car. God, just stop fucking talking. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm going to shut up and uh, we're going to go to our B segment for the episode. Thanks a lot, guys. If you're looking to score, you better listen to those that came before. Just sit right down and whip out your sheet because it's time to compose yourself. All right, everybody. How's it going? Parasite Steve with my first ever compose yourself. <gasps> That's right. I've never done one of these bad mammal drammels. But here we are. It's the last regular episode of season five. Although there's one more because we decided it's a two-parter. So not really, but, you know. <laughs> kind of sort of maybe. It, it was supposed to be. So that's what the script says. So anyway, so what do I got for a compose yourself? Well, I'll tell you what. It's a Godzilla themed. Um, this man is a legend. He is uh, he is a man who's been mentioned many times tonight already, mostly by Aldo. And that is Akira Ifukube. This is the man, the myth, the legend. The man who is considered, along with director Ishiro Honda, producer... Tomoyuki Tanaka and special effects director E.G. Subaraya. Ifukube is uh, is one of the four fathers of Godzilla. Aww. He's got four dads. Four dads. That sounds like a sitcom. Um, <laughs> show me butt. that atomic breath again. <laughs> <laughs> but he is uh, quite a big deal. He composed the score for the first Gojira back in 1954, which of course, of course, included the character's immortal theme that would be reused. Even it's it's in everything. It's in everything, oh, yeah. even to this day. 
Um, you know, the da da and of course it doesn't start that way, does it? It's there you go. So, you know, that's that's the big one, I think. He also uh is the man behind the Mothra theme. And I mean he when he would score you know a movie you know he he would score it it's numerous songs and some of them would have singing and some didn't obviously when it came to mothra there was a lot of singing um as aldo said because the peanuts were a singing duo and uh so that was kind of their bag so he played to their strings but yeah um so he went from gojira and mothra and uh and then he just went on to do a whole bunch of stuff for toho uh, he scored 11 more Godzilla films, as well as 13 of Toho's sci-fi and fantasy movies, including such hits as Rodan, The Mysterians, Atragon, and Frankenstein Conquers the World. And, you know, you've heard about all those tonight because we actually love all this shit. It's like, it's it's pretty weird. So uh, the other thing that um, that he did was, aside from writing the music, composing the music he also created godzilla's voice this is really like you got to give him credit to be one of the dads that's a big I mean, deal he, i mean that's a big deal so so for those who don't know godzilla's original trademark roar was created by rubbing a contrabass with a resin coated leather glove and then um apparently the sound was reverberated and messed with and tweaked and i don't know eventually it was just it's the roar but it's essentially you take the the resin put the resin on the glove it puts the resin on the glove unless it gets the hose again i don't know it doesn't rhyme and then it, and then it, you you just kind of go down with your two fingers and you kind of just go down those those strings on the big contrabass you know contrabass just it's just a a, a type of stand-up upright bass a super you know, like deep a, bass. like a like a cello but you know it's different and it's you like know, me you just, with strings. It's That's like yep. it's yeah, like just... Aldo with strings. He is a contrabass. Absolutely. Joe, Joe, you can you can pluck me, baby. There oh, you go. dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla is always asking questions. It, it always uh, comes up with. It has that uh, has the Canadian rise at the end. Um, he's like, "How you doing? I was going to the store." He's an up and I, <laughs> I was going to the store, and I found some cereal. Now it's your turn because I went down. Anyway, um, he also created Godzilla's thunderous footsteps by beating a kettle drum with a thick rope knotted at the end. Imagine that. Which so, those, those those steps are so iconic in the first yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, scary, yeah, scary. absolutely. I mean, everything we say iconic, like it's going out of style, but like there's so many things. <clears throat> That we've talked about tonight that are so iconic to so He's many an icon. people. Yeah. He is truly an icon. Um, uh, Godzilla, the character, is truly an icon. And uh, you know, in his field, Akira Ifukube is uh, is quite the legend. And uh, Godzilla would not be part and parcel of what it is without his contribution to the series. And he, he I mean, it's so crazy. I mean. So 13 Toho movies plus 12 Godzillas. And it's like, but it's more than that, really, because they would just keep reusing his stuff and riffing on it and, you know, remixing it and doing covers of it and 
reimagining it, but using the same thing. So it's like, it's honestly, he has, he has been felt ever since the original movie in all of the films. So uh, worth a compose yourself, in my opinion. There you go, retrodoctoids. Uh, that's not even what you're called. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. <clears throat> compose yourself from your parasite guy. I'm a hell dog. yeah, hell yeah. Oh no, that's amazing. Compose yourself. Definitely deserved a shout out. Akira Ifakube has contributed so much to our Titanic friend, mm-hmm. Mr. Godzilla. Um, so yeah, thank you all for sticking with us for this extremely gargantuan goddamn big episode that we've done so far this, this crazy is long half, half an episode that we did tonight exactly it's only <laughs> half the thing only half of it but if you haven't jumped ship by now we certainly hope that you stick around and that you see and listen to the next part of this show that we haven't made yet but we're gonna make it just you wait okay <laughs> cool so if you liked what you heard so far please hit the subscribe button and like us on facebook and twitter as well as being part of the nebiart podcast network retro octopus is a full-fledged member of the dorkening podcast network so if you get a chance please check out our sister shows like epic tales from the sewers comics paradox hooked on movies and that strange show for more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. And be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds, Coffee to Die For. I've been your host, Aphid Alchemy, and I'll catch you next time. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com. Yarg. <laughs> Joe, you got to do a roar. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was so sad. Yeah, that's actually yeah, oh. it. That's, that's baby Godzilla and Godzilla, like, Godzilla in the cold Arctic. Aww. Godzilla, after he's left a hot topic, you know, he's, he's feeling the feels. <laughs> Godzilla after Taco Bell. And now I'm dead. Oh, yeah. D-E-D. Taco Bell hit us all, so yeah. I, I hear that. <laughs>